Captain. Raging review. The Raging Cajuns will be a source of pride for this university, for the alumni, fans, and donors as we achieve success in the classroom, in the competitive arena, and in the community. It's about to get really fun. We're looking for dudes that will stand up. Well, Coach, let me tell you today, I'm here and I'm ready to stand up. And I challenge you, Raging Cajun Nation, to stand up with us. Stand up with us. Let's lock hand in hand. And let's walk through the gates of Omaha. Hey, I love y'all boys. Let's grind every day starting today. Let's do it. Y'all ready? Alarm! Alarm! Ready! Who's that team ready? Who's that team ready? That's up! I got one thing to say right here. Cajun win! Hey everybody, welcome in. Raging Review post game. Nick, Jerry, Josh, you know the drill. Uh, lots to talk about. We're going to get into all of it, the good, the bad, the concerning. Uh, but we're going to first start out with what we learned. And what we learned, uh, it could be trivial for now. I mean, it's the first game of the season, right? Uh, but definitely uh, plenty to talk about. Nick, I see you. Uh, I see you sipping there on your your cold beverage with the raging cage or with the raging review koozie. Um, I bet you've earned that beer today. <laughs> I definitely have, man. This is my first one of the day. I've not been drinking at all before this. Just FYI, you poor bastard, Jerry. Do you believe that? No, I, I believe it. I, I believe it. I believe it, Jerry. You're crazy. <laughs> how was how was the game, bud? It's good. It's good to be back. It's nice to experience the atmosphere in spite of the rain, even tailgating in the rain. It was still awesome just to be around the atmosphere. Um, wish the crowd could have been a little bit better. Didn't like the number too much. I believe the attendance was 16,812, if I'm not mistaken. Got to do better. Got to do better. But the weather all day, rain, nonstop, scared some people away. But Cage still got the win. 14 straight games. Happy. I'll take it. Want to know. Want to know indeed. And before we get to kind of our breakdown, uh, let's take care of some business. We released the first edition of Swamp Notes, and we made some predictions. Uh, we'd have, we haven't gotten our sombrero yet, but I think Jerry b- would be wearing the sombrero tonight. Furthest away from predictions. I mean, hey, look, it is what it is. It's a friendly wager type deal. Uh, but I think my guess was 21 and some change. I was closest on the attendance, and I think my score prediction was 38-18. And while that was pretty far away from... The result, I think I was still closest. So, hooray. Hooray for me. I'll go ahead and take a lap. Uh, but, yeah, the crowd wasn't great. Crowd, crowd, I tell you what, I said this to, to the group message. Crowd wasn't great, but it was lively. I felt like there was some buzz. I felt like the student and Greek participation um, kind of set the tone. Before we even got into the stadium, it felt like old times, where there were still some lingerers outside the stadium. You know what I mean? Uh, And you could tell that there was a lot of interest going into the game, so I'll take it. And yeah, the crowd wasn't good, but the crowd that was inside of Cajun Field was was uh, it was it was raucous. Uh, So students section definitely showed out. Nick, did you? I mean, uh, Jerry, did you feel that way? Nick, how did it look on TV? I mean, definitely on TV, you notice the student section. That was impressive. And I look, I made my my prediction, and I think we all did on a weather situation. But the fact is, it wasn't. It was bad all day. So 
16 and change makes sense. Unfortunate, but makes sense for uh, us playing an FCS team, um, you know, in, in poor weather. So, but, but credit to the students, like you said, they showed up and they seem loud and they, they seem like they were going at the, uh, the SLU players. So uh, credit to them. I hope they continue it through the season. Yeah. Props to the student section, just like old times when we were students, they showed up, they showed out, they were loud. You can hear them. Um, I was actually about to text. I know it's funny you say that I'd be wearing the sombrero tonight. Josh, I almost texted you at tailgate and be like, can I revise my attendance prediction? I was going to say something like 18 or so. And of course, we all made the assumption that it was, we made these predictions based on perfect weather. And when it started raining today, I thought about it. I'm like, man, we'd be lucky to get 20,000. And it showed. Um, I mean, it just drizzled. It was one of that, it was that, well, it rained hard earlier and then it just kept drizzling and drizzling. It was cloudy. And I just knew I'm like, ah, it's going to be tough to get a crowd out. But like you said, Nick or Josh, the crowd that was out there today, it was pretty loud actually for 16, five. So hopefully next weekend we got this, this win. Um, we have a, a, a Mac team that made it to a bowl game last year. People know who Eastern Michigan is. I, I hope that if the weather's good, we should definitely get over 22, 23 easily with sunny weather. But again, South Louisiana, you never know. Uh, we've been getting a lot of surprises over the last few weeks with this rain. It just kind of pops out of nowhere. So, of course, that definitely scares people away. But overall, a great crowd, uh, a great crowd participation. And I thought the student section was fantastic. Keep it up, students. Great job tonight. Emu got a win today, so they're going to be coming off of a win, and they're going to have some momentum coming to to Cajun Field. Here's the thing, man. In this area, whoa, whoa, hello, whoa, sorry, Mister Terry, hang on one second. I'm gonna get to you, brother. Oh, my problem. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> so this is what we're gonna do for the post games because Twitter typically gets a good Twitter space um, reaction. What we'll do is we're gonna open up. The Twitter space, which is going to kind of serve as a, a phone line. We have the, the phone line that we've given to you guys. I think it's uh, 7616521. Let me make sure that that's right before I give you guys a wrong number. But the point is, is we're trying to get... Okay, so the hotline is 337-761-6571. 761-6571. And the idea is to get as many opportunities for people to sound off uh, as possible. So we have the live streams, we have comments and all the stuff on all the platforms. And then we're going to enter, uh, intertwine the spaces and we'll use it as a call line as well. And we, I see we have several people lined up. I promise I'll get to you guys. We have a kind of a, a, plat, a uh, structure that we want to follow so we can keep it all on the, on the rails and I'll get to it as soon as possible. Real quick on the weather. We live in South Louisiana, people. You have ponchos and boots. I'm sick and tired of not getting 20,000 when it freaking rains. It was actually very pleasant out at the field. I know it drizzled a little bit. At the end of the day, we attract a lot of families as a football program, and I know that that keeps families away. In fact, we had a soccer meeting today, and they had folks that planned on going to the game, but because, you know, little folks, six, seven, eight years old, it's tough to get them at the stadium, you know, when they want to go jump in the mud, slide down the hill, do all the stuff. So I get it. I get that weather keeps people away. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get on a high horse about that. However, folks, it's South Louisiana. It rains every damn afternoon. We all know this. We, don't, we shouldn't even have to look at the forecast. We know what's coming. It's going to freaking rain. Anyway, uh, again, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook. Inter- interact with us however you can. Uh, we're live on streams on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. We're uh, space on Twitter. And uh, I think Raging Pajan is involved. We're trying to connect all worlds. So we're trying to bridge generational fans, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to keep rolling like this. See how it works. If it works well. 
Uh, we'll keep doing it. We'll do it for you guys. See a lot of players in here. See a lot of player parents in here. See some administrators in here. That's a good time. I want to be, I behave myself today. So <laughs> anyway, we're going to start off with what we learned. What did we learn about the Raging Cajun football team this, this, uh, this afternoon? You know what? I'm going to let Jerry start us off because he usually, he usually starts it on a positive note and then we can kind of, you know, we can, we'll, we'll make the rounds. So I, I'm playing sunshine pumper tonight, guys. No, no, no. This is strictly what did uh, you kidding. learn? It could be good, bad, indifferent. What did you learn about the team? We'll get to good, bad, ugly later, but what did you learn? That's that's the question. I, I learned the youth. Personally, I learned the youth of the offensive line. I learned the youth of even the defensive line. You can definitely tell we lost some key players on both sides in the trenches, and I think that's going to, you know, we're going to have some growing pains. I also learned that I think, once again, another year where we lost two key running backs, I think we're going to be fine on the depth chart. Uh, I saw Jacob Cabote and Terrence Williams really have coming out parties. I mean, if you look at their stats, uh, Terrence Williams had 10 carries for 61 yards. Jacob Cabote had six for 27. And that's going to be huge uh, as the season goes on. And that's only going to get better. So I was very impressed with the run game. Um, the first two or three drives, uh, I was pretty pleased with the poise of Chandler Fields. He really looked like a veteran quarterback. Uh, the way he throws on the rollout, the way he's able to make reads. Um, I, I feel very confident going forward that I think our quarterback situation is going to be okay. Even Ben Wooldridge came in a few times. And I, I do think I, I give the small advantage to Chandler. I thought Chan Chandler's seniority just kind of made him look a little bit more poised than Ben. But I also think Ben's going to get better with more reps. So in the quarterback position, I think we're doing, I think we'll be fine. And not to mention um, in the third quarter, I thought our defense, I thought our defensive backs played well. Well, really in the second half, but I also thought they played a little bit too much of a zone defense in the third quarter. If you notice, Southeastern moved the ball pretty well a few times. Can't really do that when you start playing better opponents. But um, last but not least, I'll say this, Josh, and I don't want to steal your thunder, but how, I, I'm just as excited as you are to see how much we've thrown to the tight end. That I mean, the weaponry we use, the way our, our schemes are going to, to – give defenses headaches when you add that level of weaponry very 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 um optimistic about that um throwing to the tight end just adds so much more dynamics to our offensive scheme with the run game with the receiving core so uh look it's first game first game back you got some new starters you got some new guys rotating in and out i think des played a lot of some pretty so a lot of guys but a lot of new faces um look we beat the spread we won by 17 it wasn't pretty but we won the game. Look, I would take this any day over what we ha what happened in 2017 when we literally had to get a scoop and score on a two point conversion try to 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 clinch the deal against Southeastern back then. So we pretty much controlled the game. Um, wasn't the prettiest, but hey, we won by 17, 24 seven. We're one and zero. The streak continues at 14. Let's correct the mistakes this week. This week and get ready for Eastern Michigan on Saturday. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, first, I will uh, I will agree. I saw that you threw up Benjamin Biggs' comment about the the defensive plays are coming in late. Play uh, needs to get better. I agree. First uh, first half, you saw a couple of of situations where our defensive line was still standing up straight while um, you know the, the southeastern was hiking the ball and ready for play. So we do have to clean that up a little bit. But what I learned. In this game is unfortunately we're a two quarterback system until somebody tells me otherwise. I said it 
I think the first part of the season that I hoped we wouldn't be in a situation where we're a two quarterback system. I love both guys. I think they're both great. I, I pick one and go with it. I, I'm not a fan of you just you're you're interrupting any momentum or any timing or any feel for the game that one guy has, and then you're throwing another guy in to have to reestablish that and then you're switching it up again. I don't like it. So if if that's what I learned tonight, I'm not pleased with it, but it worked. I mean, we ended up winning the game and and both made some key plays, but pick a quarterback, stick with it. But I learned that tonight. Um, I learned that uh, that getting win 14 was not going to be easy. Uh, and look, I know I predicted that we'd score 44. I thought that we would score or 45. I knew that we would. I thought we would score a lot, but I also thought Southeastern would score more. So kudos to the defense. I know, Josh, you and I were a little bit frustrated at the beginning of the third quarter where we're like, what, ha- why, what happened? Like, we're used to having halftime adjustments and then just c- completely dominating. And the first couple of drives for Southeastern, I mean, if you think about it, we were one chop block away from being a three-point game. Like they almost came within three points if, if not for that penalty. So I was, I was with you, Josh. I was like, uh, but, uh, but I think I learned that we're going to be like we, who we were last year where we're a little, we're going to be frustrated some games, but we're still going to win. And I mean, we're not feeling great about a three score win tonight. Things could be worse. You know, uh, things could definitely be worse. So I think, our, my expectation was to win by a, not necessarily a larger margin, but to score more points. I thought our our offense, as far as wide receivers and quarterback play, would be a little bit ahead of where we were. And I learned, like you said, Jerry, our offensive line has some growing up to do because let me tell you, there weren't some big old holes for our guys to run through. Um, it, it, it a little bit concerning. Uh, thank goodness for Terrence Williams and the the power that he brings because I, I learned that tonight. I didn't realize he was such a power runner, but he's he's definitely uh, our Mark Ingram. He's definitely the guy that's going to push the pile. And what I liked to what I liked tonight was that instead of guys kind of reaching forward to try to get more yardage, they were falling back and protecting the football. I like that. I hadn't seen that in the last couple of of seasons. So that's something that I learned tonight. So um, we'll get into the details of what I you know what what the good, bad, the ugly, like you said, Josh. But those are just a couple of points that that I thought I threw out there for you. I just had so many thoughts rush through. I'm going to I'm going to say what I learned, a few things that I learned and save some stuff for the 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 remainder of the show, but I'm going to say what I learned and then we're going to take some calls. First of all, just to jump off your last point, all right? Terrence Williams is your every down back. I mean it just is. Chris Smith continues to be he he is and look, I'm not saying he's Reggie Bush. I'm saying he's a Reggie Bush type player. He is a decoy that you can you can use him in so di- so many different ways. I mean, he catches the ball, he runs the ball. You, I mean, he's a he's a threat outside of the tackle box. He's a threat up the middle. I want to keep him healthy, and I want to get him out in space. That's what Chris Smith is. Terrence Terrence Williams is a guy you turn around, you hand him the football, and say, "Go get me three yards. Go get me five yards." Um, I'll say this: we ran a lot of base stuff. We didn't show a lot, so I'm not going to get too far in on the running back room. I thought they were fine. We got a, we, we've got some good numbers. Even the quarterbacks ran decently. Um, the offensive line showed something sometimes and got totally manhandled sometimes. It was very strange. You know, I thought that they were very competent as a pass blocking unit. I think we've got a ways to go. 
as a as a run block, blocking unit. But when Terrence Williams was in the game, it looked fine. I mean, he was ripping off nine, eight, ten yard uh, rushing uh, rushing attempts early in that second half. So there's something there. It's something to look forward to there. So I learned that Terrence Williams is your every down back. I don't care if he's a freshman. I don't care if he's a sixty year player. He's your guy. I learned that this team is a little bit more disciplined than I expected them to be with the youth, right? We only had four penalties all night long. That's a big thing for a young team. We got to keep that in mind. Very big thing. I learned that Eric Guerrero is still the most underrated player that we may have ever had here. How many big plays did that guy have tonight? And the touchdown. I'm not, you know, I'm not even thinking about touchdown. I'm talking about just defensively. He shuts down one side of the freaking field. So I said I was going to highlight Eric. I'm going to continue to do it. I'm making it a point. There's going to be like a, a 30-second Eric Guerra segment every time we do a postgame. He was fantastic tonight. Uh, the punt return was just Lanya. It was, it was a great moment, and, and honestly, we needed it. If you look at the final score, it really, it really helped. So, so that. Um, I learned that Lamar Morgan has some adjusting, some learning to do, and I love him. He was, one of, he was my favorite hire of the offseason. You guys know that. But there was a point, like Nick said, in that second half where we got that 8-10 to 10 yard cushion going. It looked like we were playing a prevent, keep everything in front of you. And South, uh, yeah, Southeastern, they took advantage of that. That's when Cephas Johnson started getting his wheels going. He's, he, you know, we, they spread the field a little bit. We kind of played off that we weren't physical on the outside. And he hit those, he hit those passes. And it kind of got, got him into a, a rhythm and he got him some momentum. So... I don't know if I'm doing that there. Maybe they were trying to eat up clock. I don't know. The problem is, is that the offense wasn't humming at the time. So I really don't understand the strategy at that point, but I think Lamar's got some growing to do as expected, right? I mean, he's never been a defensive coordinator before. This is a big time for him, big moment for him. I expect nothing but good things from Lamar Morgan going forward. And again, we didn't show anything. We were very vanilla offensively and defensively. I want to say that. Um, I want to kind of brag on myself here. Throw it to the damn tight end. Throw it to the tight end. How many receptions did the tight end have tonight? 11? Because Johnny had five or six. Pierce Meagle had one or two. Neil had three or four. I mean, dude. I'll tell you right now, I was not impressed with the wide receiver core this, this, uh, this past game. I, I love our receivers. I think they're the, I have them as my number two uh, most talented unit. I thought that they were going to be outstanding. Man, we ran some sloppy-ass routes. We dropped some balls that look, I know the ball wasn't a few, you know, it wasn't on the numbers all night long, but Mike, you got to make the, the grab behind you where you didn't have to fully extend. You got to pull that in, man. Errol Rogers, the great escape in the third quarter when Chandler, he does the head fake, he rolls out, he's under pressure. He hits him in the hands. And I know there was a defender there and I know that's a tough catch. Okay. I'm not saying he dropped the ball, but we got to be tougher. We got to grab that. We got to put that away. And I like Errol Rodgers. I think he's going to be good. I was perplexed that we didn't see more Dante Fleming. I wonder if he's healthy. Uh, maybe that's something we can ask later. But I was surprised that we didn't see more Dante Fleming. But anyway, I learned that. And the last thing that I, I, I learned is that I expected our defense to do it. I, 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 felt, I felt like that they were going to control the game. You know, we talked about that in episode three. I felt like the defense, I think my exact words were, how the hell is this revamped Southeastern offense going to score how, however many points that they were predicting them to score? They, did, they had nothing offensively. They had nothing. But at times, their offensive line was, they out-physicaled our defensive line. I was very underwhelmed by the defensive unit, defensive line unit, who I'm very high on. Very, very, very unimpressed. So those are the things I've learned. 
Mr. Terry, I'm going to take you first, being that you uh, requested to speak first. If you want to unmute yourself, sir, floor is yours. And congrats to your boy. Good, good, uh, good way to start the season this year. Yeah, hello. Hello. Yeah, All yours. Go ahead. Yeah, man. Sorry, sorry, I'm in Hawaii. I'm walking with my daughter, so I'll try to talk as good. Oh well, excuse us. Excuse us. <laughs> sorry, sorry, but uh, no. Um, yeah, man. First of all, I, I, I don't want to get on soapbox, but first of all, all I want to say is fans. Hey, when I was playing back in 2014, my senior season, rain, rain, like sun and shine, like it, it don't matter, bro. We had 25k out there, so I don't want to hear no fucking excuses from no. There it is. You know what I'm saying, like I don't hear, I don't hear no fucking excuses. Like, excuse my language. Like, I try to keep it down in front of my daughter, but yo, those excuses are, are long out the way. We had best. Uh, team we had last year, they still weren't finding season. So if you don't want to show up then, you ain't gonna show up now. Fuck you. Um, that, that's all I gotta say right there. Type friends, you bro, you you called it, you called it, man, my boy, man about town, you did it, bro. Like I've been saying, call so the tight ends like, forever ago. Back when my boy Larry Pettis was a tight end. You know what I'm saying? Oh, love Larry. And, uh, well, yeah, done. Yeah, yeah man. Throw it out, and then the event staff and the sheriffs. We're kicking people out because we were talking. I like we're talking. Are you to serious? Opposed, yeah, they kicked. They kicked that, all of my friends out. Like, uh, oh, forgive me. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all, y'all good. But fuck everybody else. Didn't even show up. Didn't even show up. You good though. Like, <laughs> you good though. But fuck everybody else. And the sheriff kicking people out for talking trash to the other team. That's ridiculous. And oh, never Wait, hey, Sil- Sylvester, Sylvester, I'm, I'm going to give you an opportunity because I wanted to ask you about the student mm-hmm. section tonight. They showed out. Let's let Terry finish up, and then I'll go to you. Go ahead, Mr. Terry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and last thing I would say, um, yeah, last thing I say, O-line, like I was prior alignment. Yeah, O-line did not do that well, but it takes a while to get that cohesion going when you lose four out of five starters. It takes a while, you know what I'm saying? And the other thing I'll say, uh, App State should have won today. You know, they put up a great fight. I'm sad for those guys, man. Um, I think we're all we're all sad for them. We're all watching that game. That was the best college football game today, period. Um, you know, uh, but that's all I got to say. Go Cajuns. Uh, we're, I think we're going to out-physical uh, Emu next week. But, but that's all I got to say about that. Y'all have a great day. God bless. Hey, man, absolutely. Thank you for listening. Thanks for chiming in. Look, I, I told my wife, my wife and I were watching. She's a, a Bills fan. And we watched that Bills, uh, Bills and Chiefs AFC Championship last year. And I said, this feels like the AFC Championship game. It just, I mean, it, I don't know if anybody watched the game, but App State scored 40, 4-0, 40 freaking points in the fourth quarter. Unbelievable. And my, my heart hurts for those guys. That was tough. I'm pulling for the league. And uh, Jerry and Nick and I, we, we talked about at the end, you know, after we give our thoughts for the game, we're going to do a, a league segment. But App State is at the top of that segment. And, man, that was gut-wrenching. But I watched every second of it. What a hell of a game. Sylvester, go ahead, man. Yeah, I mean, the student section, it, I mean, it was nice. A lot of people showed out. But – when you get event staff and sheriffs kicking people out for talking to the other team, it's ridiculous. We're at a college football game, and we have people getting kicked out for talking trash. That just can't happen. That's Bush League. That's high school. Like, it just can't happen. And then I, I think that our offensive line has to step up. There is no reason Chris Smith shouldn't have ran, shouldn't have ran for 200 yards tonight. There's no reason Christmas should, shouldn't have broken one tonight. 
Yeah, it's just inexcusable against a southeastern Louisiana. We should have we should have ran it up tonight, and we only won by what twenty one. That's ridiculous. Love your passion, bro. I'll just say this: uh, it's it's. It's a few different things. You got weather. You got you got a new staff. You got a lot of things going on. Southeastern does have, but b- believe it or not, they they didn't look capable tonight. But they do have capable players. And Coach Selfo is a good a good coach. And I'm not, certainly not a sunshine pumper. We got a lot of work to do, no doubt about it. But uh, I, I think that a lot of things are going to be drastically different against Eastern Michigan. Um, if if we come back here and we have the same feeling in our gut after that game, then yeah, that's that's a probably that's probably uh, more concerning. But I, I'm willing to. We're gonna focus on what we saw and, and kind of be, I guess, more positive. You gotta you gotta give them a little grace. There's a lot of different variables. Uh, but but again, like I said, we're gonna continue to move along. Josh, before JMV goes, I just want to say we're gonna know a lot about tonight's game next week because Southeastern's playing, I think, FIU next week. I'm sorry, FAU next week. So they they have another um, FBS game down the road, so we'll have a good gauge uh, of how good their offense really is, and, and I guess that'll be a good gauge on our defense as well. Um, but I agree with what Alex said. Well, first of all, if they're going to put the students behind the freaking bench, then you can't get on the students for screaming at the players on the bench. That's why the damn students don't go to the freaking games in the first freaking place. Don't get me started, Nick. That's why we're there. But anyway, um, but I agree with him as far as the offensive line. Look, we knew we had you and I and Josh and Jerry, we all had them at low end of the totem pole as far as grading where our units are. So it's a, it's a work in progress. They're going to get better as the season goes on. They just need to get better quicker than later because, again, they're playing Eastern Michigan next week, um, and Eastern Michigan scored 40-somewhat points again against an FCS opponent. What's also concerning is that I get that we don't have Cole, they don't have Cole Kelly this year, but they had all the wide receivers, they had all the 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 running backs, and they scored 45 against uh, La Tech last year. And they scored, but they gave up 40. I'm sorry, they gave up 45 against Tech. They gave up. 600 yards against incarnate word and we score, you know, um, 20 something points against them. So that to me is the the most concerning point from my point of view. Real quick note on the, uh, on the student section thing. You can't put the students behind the bench and expect them to act like freaking angels. All right. It's not a goddamn daycare, but anyway, uh, Kyle, I, ha- I have Kyle's comment up on the screen. So he said there's a ton of fans dressed like students at the App State game. I don't know if people know this, but what App State does is they put their students on that lower, uh, it's not a bowl, but that that lower section where our fans, you know, the quiet, mostly well-to-do, gray-haired folks. None of you guys here, you're all good. But those <laughs> folks who sit there and golf clap when we have a major hit or we score a touchdown, those folks, that's all students at App State. And that's why their environment is second to none in this league. I've been there three times. It's no joke. They light that place on fire. Uh, I, I'm not going to sit here and say we need to start changing things around, but it's just food for thought. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. Jacob. Hey, Josh. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, first and foremost, shout out to the team for winning another game. Longest streak in the country, uh, 14 games. Um, great, great to see. Also, shout out to Coach Dez for his first win as uh, as our uh, head coach, not not with the interim tag. And uh, I was I was pretty impressed with the defense. You know, shout out to Lamar Morgan. You know, first game as a DC. I, I know uh, Jerry just talked about 
the amount of yards and points that uh, Southeastern has put on other teams of similar or lower quality than us, I, I was pretty impressed that we pitched a shutout in the first half. So I'd like to give him a shout-out as well. Um, as far as the fans go and everything that surrounds that, I think it really relates back to just the product on the field. Like, I, I know that we win games and we, we do it methodically and we run the ball and that's how we win games and I love winning games but how we play just isn't very exciting that's how I feel like it's not very fun to watch um for example like I I left the game in the fourth quarter right after we scored our last touchdown to go up 24 to 7 and I turned on the Florida Utah game on my phone I wanted to see how Billy was doing and the last two minutes of that game just not not environment, not um, the fans screaming, just the product on the field, the plays that they were calling, how they were playing the game was more exciting than the entire game that I had watched at Cajun Field. Um, so that's how I feel. Like when, when I think about like back in the day as a kid, I used to watch Bustle's teams play and we played exciting football. And yeah, we didn't win too many games, you know, couldn't get over that, that six win hump. Um, but it was exciting to watch when Dez was quarterback. And then when I was a teenager watching Hudspeth's teams play, yeah, we didn't get over that eight wins in a season hump or maybe we won nine one year. But it was exciting to watch. And we had fans at the game. There were tons of fans at the game. I just feel like the, the way we play football doesn't attract people to come to the game. Um, I don't think weather is an excuse either. I think people should show out. But when we're not very fun to watch, it's hard to get people out there. That's my opinion on, on, on the crowd size. But shout out to the team. Great win. In my opinion, anytime we win is a great win. And uh, looking forward to seeing more of it in the future. Love to hear y'all's thoughts on that. Um, thanks for doing the space as always. And uh, go Kate. Hey, man, thanks for your thoughts. I'll, I'll make a quick comment and I'll go to Jerry for some some reaction. But I'll say this. Uh, one thing about Utah and Utah is the number, seven, the number seven team in the country. They went into the swamp and they got beat. You know, they I think they had first and uh, first and goal at the four or something and they got picked. And, and look, I got conflicting things about Billy and look, he won and whatever. Um, I, I just don't want to talk about that. But I will say this. Utah wins games by throwing to the tight end. If you guys watch Utah, they they use the tight end more than any team in the country, honestly. And they've got good ones. I, I think that I don't think that throwing to the tight end is sexy. I don't. I understand you got bigger guys kind of, you know, they're they're just rolling down the field. They turn they they're not they're not um uh you know, they're not what's the kid from freaking Oklahoma that plays for out for uh D- Dallas now? Uh he's from Opelousas. Jerry, remember who I'm talking about? He's a, he's a he's a star wide receiver for Dallas Cowboys right now. He played at Oklahoma. I can't think of his name. You know what I'm talking about? He's <laughs> the most he's the most good looking wide receiver in the history of college football. I mean, I know that I know that throwing to the tight end is not that. I, I get it. CD CD uh, CD Lamb. It's not CD Lamb. It's not CD Lamb. You know, it's not Odell Beckham. It's not all this stuff. But it works. You the, the mismatch that the tight end creates if you have an athletic big. Okay, the mismatch that it creates is not sexy. So there's there is something to be said about well played, well executed football. And and to Jacob's point, I understand that. And tonight was not it wasn't smooth. I'll give you that. But keep in mind, we're I th- we were fourth and one at 
inside the five, and we didn't get the, the first down. If we do, it's 24 to nothing. The game is absolutely over. And still, Dez played, he was still comfortable enough to play two and three deeps for the majority of the second half, including a two-quarterback system to a certain degree. And we're going to get into the quarterbacks in just a little while, but I understand what you mean by quality of play, and it's not exciting. Um, but I would also say that we got to give these guys time, in my view. And, and Jerry, we'll get your thoughts in a second. In my view, whatever works right now, and I'm talking about southeastern, eastern Michigan, right? I'm talking about these teams that we're still learning on the fly. Dez and the, and the coaching staff are learning on the fly. We got a lot of young guys on staff. We got a lot of young guys getting real reps. We got two and three deep players playing for the very first time. I, I think it's going to be a, maybe a little bit ugly for a while, but if we can put the W up at the end of the day, I'm good with it for now. For now. If we're in the game six and seven and we still look like we look tonight, I'm going to have a problem with that. Go ahead, Jake. Great points. Um, I think the style point thing is definitely something that fans like because it looks good. You know, everybody likes watching a team throw, you know, I remember the, the Drew Brees Saints in their prime. You know, what was great about watching that team was that they scored points and it looked good doing it. It was fun when you throw a 60 60- yard flea flicker or your running back breaks a 70 yard touchdown run. The thing about this offense that we have now, and even when Billy was coaches, we never really had that outside of a long run, you know, Montreal Johnson going for 99 yards or Raymond Colley breaking a 60 yard run. Even the passing game wasn't that, wasn't that consistently sexy. If, if that's the word, right. Where Levi would throw an 80 yard bomb or go on an air raid. That's just not the offense. That's that, that we have. Um, so of course it's not going to look, it's not going to look that great. It's not going to look flashy. It's not flashy. That's the word. It's not going to look flashy, but what it does is it, it's still from a strategic standpoint, it, it does what it's meant to do. Extend drives, wear out your defense and break the will of another team. That's what it's meant to do. So when you have a scheme like that, and on top of that, you have a bunch of new guys coming in, or especially your new quarterbacks, a new running back system. You have, you know, tight ends that are being, you know, used more. It's you're going to have growing pains, and I think that's what we we saw tonight. Is the offense had a, you know, they looked great in some drives. Like I said, the first two or three drives, they were clicking on all cylinders. But credit to Southeastern, they made some adjustments to our scheme, and they actually we actually couldn't really move the ball that well until maybe in the fourth quarter. Um, But I said a few weeks ago, um, you know, the first five games, this is a good barometer of where we are with a new coaching staff, with some new starters. Um, And it's, they. I even said going into the Southeastern game, don't be surprised if Southeastern keeps it close because of that, because we have new guys, because we're still trying to find that identity in spite of the success we've had. Uh, We lost a lot of guys. We lost a good bit of our coaching staff even though the culture and the mentality and the, and the attitude and the, the mindset's still there, you still have to be able to implement it on the field. So, you know, again, tonight it wasn't pretty, but what you saw tonight was a team that's still trying to, trying to grow, trying to mature. You saw a team that has still has growing pains, but then there's still positives as well. So um, I, I'm not, Again, I'm not ready to panic yet. I mean, look, last year we played a Nichols team to three points and won 13 games. You know, we we had we beat a South Alabama team that really should have beaten us if their kicker can kick field goals. Again, you won 13 games, you finished 16th in the country, and you won your first outright conference championship in over 50 years. So this is game one. 
I think we will get better as time goes on. I do think we have a good foundation. You know, guys like Eric Garrar, guys like Chris Smith, uh, guys like, you know, Michael Jefferson, guys like Cam Podesclo, just to name a few. You have good foundations. And so after, look, after this first game, you know, next week, you may see some growing pains next week. You may see some growing pains against Rice. I don't know. Just get better each week, improve each week, stick with the fundamentals, and and keep winning. That's that's the goal. And like you said, Josh, by the time we get to Marshall, hopefully by then we will be improved. Hopefully by then we will get through some of those growing pains because once we get to Marshall, the schedule gets a little bit tougher in conference. But look, again, we've won 14 straight games. We're 1-0, and we won this game by by three scores. So I'm I'm – I'm not ready to panic yet. I knew I knew going into this year we were going to have some struggles, but just keep winning. Just keep winning. Agree. Uh, I want to encourage everybody, get in, get your thoughts in. It makes the show better, and this is why we do it. Uh, Zach, go ahead, man. Thanks for requesting to speak. Floor is yours. Zach V going once. Going twice. Hey, can y'all hear me? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Hey, all right. Hey, thanks for, uh, you know, doing the space again, as always. Good to be back. Happy football season, everybody. You know, 17-point um, win. Uh, pretty pretty easy, but I knew going into it, I mean, Dad didn't name the starter until, what, the week of or week before the game. But kind of want to talk some numbers real quick. We haven't – nobody's talked numbers. Um, Chandler Fields, 13 of 20, 173 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Woolridge, 7 for 11, 68 yards. I know y'all talking about a 2QB two, two system, but just based off the numbers alone, I think we have an idea who the star is going to be. Plus, if you look at uh, the second interception we had in the, in the fourth quarter, you're up 17-7. Who did Dez put out on that drive to ice the game? I think that was Fields. So I think we have, some, in my opinion, some separation as who quarterback is going to be. Um, but overall, I mean, we'd had 374 total yards of offense with 240 passing and 133 of rushing. That's a pretty damn good offense in my book, averaging five yards a play. Don't see what's wrong with the offense. The offense is looking good. I think we have some clear, like I said, in my, in my opinion, clear separation of who our starting uh, quarterback is going to be, Chandler Fields. But anyway, overall, good game. Thanks for letting me speak. Y'all have a good one. Zach, appreciate you. Uh, yeah, I, I think that um... – I think you're right, and that's a good point. Uh, the, the metric about five yards a, a, a play, that is way more important, and that's kind of something that uh, if you bet, if you, if you guys wager a little bit, that's something that people very much pay attention to, um, the yards of play, big deal. Uh, but what I'll say is, is that I know a lot of people will look at Southeastern and they'll watch what they put on the field tonight, and they'll say that competition cannot be something that we struggle against. And look – it's right and it's wrong. I mean, Southeastern has a lot of turnover as well. They've got, they do have some uh, seniority coming back on defense and they've got a good coach and they have a little bit of their core similar to us, but they're, they're look, Cole Kelly was a borderline NFL talent. They lost their top two receivers and they lost their three uh, uh, offensive line up the middle, their center, left guard and right guard. So they're replacing a lot. Uh, and I understand that that's not defense, but just to say that the team is going through a little bit of a transition like we are, uh, I think that they're, I think that it wasn't necessarily an underwhelming performance as a whole. I think that there were times where it was clunky um, at times where it felt like it was a crucial moment and it felt a little bit clunky. 
that's what I think that kind of stuck out to me. Uh, we have some discipline issues, not necessarily from a penalty standpoint, but, you know, people run the wrong routes. And, you know, there's a lot of times where the quarterback, whether it be Ben or whether it be uh, Chandler, he would they would roll left or right, and the play fake wasn't there. I don't know if anybody else noticed that. But when he'd do the play fake, or one or the other do the play fake, the, the running back wasn't there. So that was kind of a, a, an odd thing to me, but um, maybe it was scripted. But it looked like they were missing the the fake. So there's little things like that that needs to be cleaned up. I thought our route trees were very basic. I thought our route running on the on the outside with the wide receivers was very bad. And that's no that's no shot at the guys. I just thought it was bad. It was lazy. It was rounded off. There was a few times Errol Rogers was wide open on a post right down the middle, and he stopped running on the ball, and and Chandler put it where it needed to be, and it looked like a bad throw, but Errol Rogers stopped running the route. That's things that will come with with. In-game reps, I understand that, so I'm not going to crush him on that. But let's get into the quarterback. You know, the two-quarterback system is definitely not something that we want to do, right? I mean, we've already done that. We did the Nunez and, and Levi thing, and we've all seen, you know, the Billy Joe Hobart and Billy Joe Tolliver stuff if you're a Saints fan. Like, we all know what it looks like. It's not good. If you got two, you got zero, right? I understand that. Uh, but, but this is what I'll say. I thought Ben looked the part in a lot of, a lot of his snaps. Uh, so I understand why Des may have a little bit of, of a conflict there. But for me, and this is my own opinion, untrained eye, got all that. Chandler was accurate when he had a clean pocket, especially in those first 15 to 20 scripted plays. And I'm talking about accurate in a six-inch window. There were a couple of times where a defender had his hand in front of the chest, and he put up, like the ball to Michael Je- uh, Jefferson, the first, I think it was a first pass on the comeback route uh, on an outside hook, maybe 15-yard throw, 12-yard throw. He put that ball in a six-inch window, and the defender had his hand around the waist. And I, I just, it was tight. It was right where it needed to be. It was a quick decision. He knew where he was going with it. There was no second guessing. In rhythm, hit him. He did that a few times. So for me, it's Chandler. We, I've, I've liked Chandler since he got here. I like everything about him. Love the intangibles. Love the leadership. I like how he just goes about his business. But he's more, uh, from what we've seen in live game action, it's one game. Okay? They each got, I don't know, maybe 15 snaps apiece, something like that. Maybe Chandler had a few more. The accuracy was very impressive. The poise was very impressive. I thought Ben was fine. I thought Chandler, there was a little bit extra there. How do you guys feel about it? You know what's funny is that I was so... You remember last week I was talking about, oh man, uh, I like Chandler. I'm glad he's our starter. I like having a tall quarterback. He doesn't get passes swatted down. And guess what? Ben had a pass swatted down tonight. So um, (laughs) that goes to show you how much I know about picking a quarterback. But look... Again, I like both guys. I think they're both great. I think Chandler showed me a little bit more tonight than Ben did, but also Chandler was in certain situations Ben wasn't in. Um, but regardless, I stick with a quarterback. Go with him. And look, I'm not saying don't put Ben in for, for cleanup duty. I'm not saying put Ben in for situational whatever, you know, something to throw the defense off. I'm good with that. But if it's Chandler, let it be Chandler. and Let's ride him. And, and because, like I said, you're taking – Every time you switch out a quarterback, you're interrupting the flow of the offense because you're now you have a different quarterback that has different touch on the ball. That I mean, we saw it a couple times where Chandler just he he lobbed the ball, you know, for a screen pass, and it was just it was right where it needed to be. And then Ben, it wasn't quite the same. He was just lasering passes. So you're taking guys out the flow. You're taking that communication between the wide receiver and the quarterback. 
let's ride with a guy. And and look, if, if Chandler drops a game, then Chandler dropped a game, but he's still our guy. Um, so that, that, again, like you said, we've been through the Nunez Levi dual quarterback thing. And it's, it's exhausting. Let's, let's just, let's go with the guy. Let's ride him. And, and if we're basing it off of tonight's performance, Josh, I'm with you. It's, it's Chandler. Let's, let's go with it. Close the book and let's move on. Mr. Jerry. I think in certain situations, you know, it's necessary to give Ben some reps, but at the same time, my, my, my concern would be if Chandler's on and he has a few touchdown drives or he's just, he's just clicking and all of a sudden you put Ben in and then Chandler goes back and loses momentum. That's the thing that worries me sometimes, but look, I'm not a coach. Um, I know coach Des has said a few times, he said that he wants to put Ben in certain packages. He wants to put him in certain drives. I'm one of those people that believe in just playing one quarterback, but at the same time, knock on wood, but if something happens to Chandler, you know, Ben goes in with no experience, then what do you do? Right. Um, I know we talked about the whole thing with Levi and Andre Nunez in 2018, but believe it or not, you know, hindsight's 2020 Levi getting some, some reps in 2018, look what he was able to do after that, because maybe those, you know, a few drives that he played helped out. So I, I'm, yeah, I understand the concern. I understand the worry at times, especially when you take out a quarterback when they have momentum. Um, but I'm going to put my trust in Des on this one. Uh, you know, look, they've got some smart guys on that offensive coaching staff, you know, Tim Leger, George Munoz, to name a few. I'm going to trust what they have to say and trust their decision-making here because um, they know a lot more than me. And so uh, I just hope the system works uh, and, and, you know, regardless of whatever they decide, um, I, I just hope to see success in this offense. Josh, Jerry, Jerry got the old cliche punch card out. We're doing cliche bingo tonight. I'm about to win. <laughs> he said your least favorite quote ever without saying it. Hey, I'm not a coach. Oh, no, he said I'm not a coach. He said it. I said it. That's where the bingo it. card got started, brother. Well, uh, look, but but here's the thing. They know more than I do. So there's maybe a reason why they're playing Ben that we don't know in spite of us saying, well, I want to play the one, the one quarterback system. They, they may see something that we don't see. So that that's all I'm saying. No, we're just fucking with Jerry. Here's the and thing. Look, <laughs> Go ahead, Nick. Great point. This was, quote, preseason um, to a certain extent. This was this was the time that you're going to I mean, you said it, Josh, our, our route running was bland. There was nothing that was really shown tonight. Um, so this was a technical preseason game for us. So I get it. But still, I don't want to go in forward like next week's not preseason. So let's get it. Let's get into a rhythm with a quarterback. No, no, I understand. But yeah, I got I to gotta check off my uh, let me put my cliche bingo. OK, right down. Jerry said he's not a coach. Look, we got to remember this too. We're fans, and I understand all that. But we have the we have a different view of how games go, right? <laughs> we, and we also have this completely wrong idea, and I'm guilty of it too. That Des, in the back of his mind or in the front of his mind, has to go out and show that he's the coach of the team. He's been the coach of the team since Billy has been gone. We think that because we're watching the game and we're thinking, you know, what's this going to be like? What's it going to be like? How's this going to how's this going to pan out? You know, life after Billy, right? L.A.B. Life after Billy. We don't think like we don't think like Dez. Dez is so entrenched in scheme, roster moves, keeping people healthy. Like it's a totally different game plan. We look at the game totally different. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. 
I, I know that the coaches look at the game completely different. Now, that's a good cliche for the bingo card, by the way. I know the coaches look at it totally differently. But I'll say this. I don't think Dez gives, gives a shit about proving people wrong or coming out and beating the hell out of SL, uh, you know, SLU because he has to make a statement. I think if you thought that that was going to happen coming into the game, you're totally wrong. I think Dez came in and said... We got to work on the shit that we know that's not up to par and it might get shown on TV and it might get shown under the bright lights, but this is what we need to do to improve. And if it meant playing two and three deep and if it meant playing Ben, you know, 10, 15, 20 snaps, whatever the case was, if that's what it takes to get better to beat Eastern Michigan and if playing like that means we're going to beat the next opponent, I'm fine with it. It could be ugly all at once as long as we keep improving. And that's, and that's, and that's what yeah. I'm going to be looking for next week. I, I need improvement. And to your point, Josh, that's why I keep saying these first five games, it's a great barometer going into conference. Or first four games, of course, you got South Allen game five, but it's a great barometer to watch this team develop. You know, the first three games, even though we have one of the easiest schedules in the country, I'll take that all day when you have Southeastern, Eastern Michigan, and Rice because that those three games, you're obviously not playing D2 schools, but you're playing teams that are not the best, but they're kind of that middle of the road. That, that is, I think, is a great measuring stick for what we have now. And look, tonight, you're right. Des played a lot of guys. He played a lot of guys, especially in the twos and threes in that depth chart. So, of course, players are going to, he said, he's, we're going to make mistakes. You know, we're not going to be perfect. But I, I felt that the game, for the most part, was in pretty much in cruise control. So, yeah, it obviously, we didn't score 50 points. We didn't pull off no 80-yard runs or crazy 70 yard flea flickers but it was enough to to kind of keep i wouldn't say keep the foot on the pedal all the whole time but just there was there was a sense of comfortability uh, co- there was a sef- sense of being i felt comfortable does that make sense yes like, i didn't feel like the game was out of question yes you know? i agree with you yeah i got a couple of uh listener comments i want to highlight uh jmv i'm coming to you next so be ready and if you miss this opportunity we're moving on be ready <laughs> No, I'm just messing with you. Be ready, though. Uh, somebody said, Nick Deal, what, what did Dez have to say post-game was watching the Florida game? Listen, dude, Dez took a, a class, a master class from Billy about saying absolutely nothing in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the post-game interviews and in the interview. He says nothing. He never says anything. I barely even listened to it. I was like, ah, oh, here we go. Talking about freaking cliche, uh, cliche bingo. But he also says that he was watching the Florida game. Nick Deal was. Freaking traitor watching the Florida game, but I was also watching the Florida game. So I don't know what to think about it. You know, I want, do I want to see Billy lose? Do I want to see him win? Then he won. And I was like, Oh, nice. Oh, F that guy. I don't know. I don't know what to think. Son of a bitch. Anyway, uh, (laughs) Jacob LeBlanc had a good, a good comment. And I want to highlight that almost perfect first game at the end of the night. I was never stressed or felt the game was in jeopardy, which I agree with. I never felt like we were going to lose the game. I never felt that way uh, ever. Uh, and then to continue his comment, plenty to work on, and the team knows it should have a solid week of practice. This is a great point. When you go out and you win, you, you beat the spread, by the way, for those who partake. You beat the spread. You, you play a team that was worse than I expected them to be, let's be honest. But you win. You win in front of your home crowd. You get the W. You move on. There is no better thing for a coach, and we've heard this before, to win and then to have everything to work on in practice. So they're going to be motivated. 
but also we didn't get the blemish on the record. So it's a, it's really a dream scenario in that, in that situation. When you, when you talk about it, we won, but we have everything to work on. So that's a, that's mm-hmm. a great thing. JMV. Josh, hang on one it. second. We're going to Nick. Before you, I'm sorry, Jay, this is the second time I cut him off. <laughs> there is one thing better than what you just said. And that is crack. SLU Lions fan, I hope you're watching. This one's for you, buddy. You know he's lurking. You know it. <laughs> we should have prepared the drop to, to do it when you said that. Yeah, I'll work for it. Jared, it's all yours, man. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to thank you guys for doing this again. Uh, I do see and appreciate everything y'all do. Um, y'all following is growing a lot. I see a couple of softball parents on here, uh, a future potential recruit on here. But my question is to Josh. In your preseason breakdown of the positions, you was pretty high on the defensive line. Nick and Jerry wasn't as high uh, as you. What did you see from the defensive line tonight? What would you rate them overall? Holy crap. All right. I knew somebody was going to ask that, and that's fine. I'm here to eat it. Uh, First of all, Kendall (laughs) Kendall Wilkerson is not eligible, so he didn't play. So let's all keep that in mind. All right. Can't get me. I didn't see Sonny Hazard take any snaps. Did you guys? Maybe I missed it. I didn't see him. Nope. Okay, Mason Narcisse, uh, we, he, I saw him on the field, I think, number 90, right? He's number 90. He was on the field a few times, but I didn't see him get getting a, a ton of playing time. Here's the thing. I'm, basically, I'm beating around the bush to say I was wrong. <laughs> All right. Defensive line, the defensive line's got some work to do, man. Look, they got pushed around by the southeastern offensive line, dude. I mean, there were times where they were completely and totally out physical, and it was mostly in the second half. And, look, credit to Selfo and the staff. They made some nice adjustments, and I'll give them that. But I, I was very underwhelmed with the defensive line. However, the question mark of the linebacking core, I'm sorry, dude, they were flying around tonight. I mean, Riley, Moncrief, Bishop. Brandon Bishop was fantastic tonight. Nobody has mentioned that. And, you know, he moved to star. And Podeskola, who also played well tonight, is back at free safety. We kind of talked about that in one of the previews. Those guys played really good football. And I'm, I'm ex- the athleticism and the speed of the linebacking group very, very promising. Very happy to see that. JMV, did you think the same? I know you probably busted my balls about that defensive line thing. That's all right. I deserve it. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought they underperformed, to be honest with you. That's that's saying it nicely. Mr. Terry, you got another comment? I saw you requested to speak. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to say this. Unless you pay attention to Louisiana sports or FCS football, not many people know, and, I, and our fans included, not many people know how good Southeastern was or recruited, and plenty of fans are not going to pay attention to this. They'll say, like, oh, Louisiana, which, yes, we have grown pains to get through. I understand that. You know, we have to grow. Dez has to grow as a head coach. People will say, oh, they're not that good because they struggle, they're often struggling against South Louisiana. I don't hear really anybody saying anything about how Iowa, a P5 school, ranked last year, has always been really strong, struggling against Sandy, uh, sorry, uh, South Dakota State yesterday. No bad. one will talk about that. Bad, bad, bad. No one will talk about their fans. Probably won't say like I mean yeah, fans. No, well, I take it back. Their fans are pro- probably will say something about that, but it won't be They're to the extent of yeah, yeah. Their but they will not jump right now. <laughs> they are, but I don't think they will jump ship. I'll, they they won't. They they will still show up. They will still support our fans. Will jump ship as soon as possible. The second we can't convert third and long on southeastern Louisiana, but P uh, five fans. And really strong G5 fans like App, Boise, UTSA. Shout out to UTSA because they put up that, that donor there. I, I wish they would have beaten Houston. 
But, you know, our fans will quickly jump ship and criticize on how good of a team Southeast Louisiana is and they're a top 15 in FCS. When uh, Southeast State, I think, is also in the top 25, you know, they won't say anything. We have to keep in mind that we played a good team. We did. Should we have beaten them by more? Yeah, I do. But I, but I also believe that our defense should have struggled. I think somebody else, somebody else also said that earlier. Our defense, I thought our defense was going to struggle. Our defense played strong. And our offense, I thought, could have done better. So we have some growing pains. But come on, man. You have to look at the, the talent that we played against and what we have and what to improve on. And also the talent that's out there in other conferences and what they struggle against, you know? Uh, that's all I got to say. Thank you all. And to be expected, right? The offense is always behind the defense at this point of the season. Doesn't matter who the hell you play. We could play freaking Carrico High, and they'd probably get some stops on us. I mean, this is that's the game, right? Especially the, with these more sophisticated offenses, it takes time to gel. And, and we have an entirely new offensive line. We have an entirely new quarterback. I mean, I don't think that's necessarily something that you got to be be upset about. That's something that you got to understand. This is my biggest problem with our fans. None of you guys. You're all good here. Don't worry about it. I'm not talking about you. But a big part of our fan base doesn't understand the game. We don't know the game, right? And and Terry's 100% right about that. It's like we look for reasons, not not we and not you guys, but some fans, they look for reasons to not show up. Oh, well, this was a kind of a pain in the ass. You know, the parking wasn't great and it rained a little bit. It doesn't matter that it rained every other day for six weeks. I just didn't expect it today. I just didn't expect You know, it really ruined my opportunity to go out and have a good time today. Today was the day. But our fans don't understand the freaking game. We don't, we don't pay attention to the game. I watch an App State game, and there's, they shove 40,000 people in The Rock. Have you ever been to The Rock? That's one hell of an atmosphere. They do a great job. Look, look at, look at JMU. JMU stuffed their stadium full, and they beat the piss out of a Kusa team. Don't get me started on that. Uh, look at ODU, what they did last night. You don't think that that freaking program is excited and that fan base is, is excited? Virginia Tech? And look, I'm sorry, Brent. I'm sorry, Brent Pry. You had to go down like that. Lafayette, boy, that's a tough thing. That's a tough thing. It's a tough way to start your your tenure as a head coach. But, hey, it was to a Sunbelt team, I'm not going to apologize. Um, but look <laughs> at what we could be. I said so many times today watching that App State game, watching the crowd, and they didn't have to have those wide angles where you didn't see half the damn stadium not full. Why can't that be us? It, it could be us, but we got we to gotta cultivate the right fan. Jerry and I talk about this all the time, which you guys probably don't know is that Jerry and I call each other probably once a day, speak for an hour. Why can't we do this? We are going after the wrong fan. We don't go ahead and, and cultivate the right GD fans. And, he, and Terry's right. He's 100% right. Go ahead, Jerry. Yeah, no, it's a great point. I think with our fans right now, they, they're still – I can't believe I'm saying there's just still CDS. I think there's still fans out there who remember, they remember us losing to Magnese. They remember us losing to Jacksonville state. They remember us losing to, you know, heck they remember us losing to Northwestern state. They remember us losing to these FCS schools back in the day. And somehow whenever there's an FCS school that kind of creeps up on us, like we saw with Southeastern a few years ago or Nichols last year, it's that here we go again mentality. Well, I'm here to tell everybody that, you know, this Cajuns team, this is not your daddy's or granddaddy's Raging Cajun football team. This Raging Cajun football team currently has the longest win streak in America. We've been ranked the last two years in the top 25, been the ranked the highest team in the state of Louisiana these last two years. And so I guess it's, I, I don't want to turn the panic mode, on, but I don't want to push the panic button on too quickly quite yet. Um, you know, and so I, <laughs> 
Terry's right. I mean, you know, you look at some of these teams, especially Iowa. I mean, they had to kick a field goal and get two safeties to score seven points against against the South Dakota State team that only hung three on them. So you look at these other teams. Navy. Navy lost to Delaware today, 14-7. to I mean, just imagine if we only were able to score seven points on Southeastern tonight. Now, that would have been it. Is Navy still um, in the AAC, or did they move out? Yeah, they're an American team. Dude, Unbelievable. Charlotte. Look at Charlotte the other night. Charlotte is, a, is an embarrassment. 41 to 24 at home to William and Mary. So, markets, baby. Markets. I don't want to. Hey, look, I don't real wanna, quick, real quick fact. Did you guys know that Old Dominion was an offshoot of William and Mary? Yeah. Yeah, they were like that. their vocational school. And hey, Josh, anyway. I, have to, I have to just say that that your Karen Crow came out when you said William and Mary. William <laughs> and Mary. Yeah, y'all heard of that? But, Sounds like a Catholic. It's a Catholic church. Uh, but I just want to say, like, Street. The CDS, look, we all get the CDS. We've been Cajun fans our whole life. But at the same time, like, look, you have to you have to realize that this is not the same Cajuns team from the year 2000 when we were losing to, to, to teams that could be high schools, okay? This is a very different program now. So, like tonight, again, we were on cruise control the whole game. I mean, 20 years ago, we lose to this team. Let's be real. We lose to this team. Well, twenty we years ago, we lose to North Alabama. I mean, let's let's be yeah, we lose let's, to North, keep, right. let's keep it between I mean, the lines here. Yeah. So so no. I mean, our fans. I hope they understand. And again, like Josh said, not you guys listening. You guys are the diehards that listen in and chime in. But you know, we got to quit going back to the past. Quit talking about the past. Quit worrying about the past. Just because what you saw twenty years ago doesn't mean this is the same program today. Um, so attendance wise, again, you know. I understand the rain kept people away, but you know, don't don't not go because you're afraid of of something, some inevitable, impending doom that's well, about to happen. To we the can team. make up you for that I mean? next week when we get double the the tens or you know thirty five thousand. That's going to be the goal, and eh, we'll do that. Uh, anyway, our handlers have told me that I need to say subscribe, rate, and review all of the content that we put out. Blow us up, you know. This is the thing. I know you guys. Uh, you guys probably listened to the rage like we did after games and they kind of did away with it in 1420 change a lot of things. But the idea with rage and review was we wanted to do the podcast and that took off. And then we figured, Hey, we can compl- we always complained that there was no post game show anymore. So we started doing the post game show and now here we are and, and things have really taken off for the post game show. So we're going to do the post game show, but we need you guys help with the REO. Uh, that's like searchability or whatever. So rate review, subscribe, Write a bunch of nice stuff about us all over the internet. It really helps. Juco, requested speaker. Please go, sir. How's it going, everybody? How's y'all night tonight? It's it's a beautiful night anytime you get a W. Man, that's correct. That's correct. I heard somebody was talking about, uh, I guess, the fans, like looking at the, um, you know, how we're supposed to have more. Maybe you have to go. Good night, my mommy. That you have to, you know, you have to look at the fans and can't, you know, can't make excuses and everything. Man, one of the biggest things that I see, you know, for the fans is the, is the marketing. Man, you go tap into these neighborhoods, you know, that, uh, that you know, that you can reach. Man, go to the north side. Go tap into the north side neighborhood. Go start tapping into north side high school. Go start tapping into the new high schools like David Tillow. Go in St. Landry Paris, go in Iberian Paris, and start, you know, branching off, you know, your brands and not just like at Super One or anything. I remember when I was growing up, I kid you not, when I was growing up, I lived on the north side, I grew up on the north side. When I was growing up, 
I never even heard about UL until my eighth grade year, right? So when I heard about UL, one of my friends brought me to a UL basketball game, and I was like, man, wow. Okay, we got a we got a, a, a football team, and I stay right there down the road. So we want fans in the stands. You have to market like the marketing team really have to go out there and market, get get from behind the the computer and you know posting uh, you know videos and everything. Not only that, the LSU LSU like the LSU game that that can't be an excuse anymore. You know, if Preach. you look at the region, Preach. if you looking at the, if you looking at the region of the Acadiana area, we're supposed to be dominating the area, right? Like I say, we have St. Landry Parish, we have St. Martin Parish, we have Iberia Parish. You know, we have all of these parishes. Why are the, why the marketing team not going out there and and executing it? You know, take a few players that's not even. You know, that's not even a uh, plan. You know, get them to go with you and talk to the kids. You know, that's how you'd be able to grab those fans, those younger generations. You know, so those kids would be like, man, I remember this guy was a, a quarterback for UL. This guy was a receiver for UL. And he came to my school. So, you know what that's going to do? He, he's going he's gonna to grow up and say, man, you know, by the time his sophomore or junior year in high school, he's like, man, Man, somebody from UL came and talked to me and said, I can make it and said, I can play for them. And it's going to, he's going to start to inquire more and more about UL. And he's going to want to go to the UL game. You know, we, it's, it's, it's more. We got like over what? Almost 200 and some thousand people in the parish of Lafayette. Lafayette has grown tremendously and has continued to grow. We're like a quarter or half a million throughout Acadia area. Baton Rouge, even though Baton Rouge is 45, 46 miles down the road, they can't fill 90,000 or 100,000 plus. Not everybody's going to go to LSU. You know what I'm saying? So it's really the marketing. Tap those neighborhoods. Tap those par- untapped parishes that have never been tapped into. And I guarantee once you start doing that, once you start marketing, once you start Going into those neighborhoods and parishes, man, you will start seeing a lot of fans coming out. That's all I have. I appreciate the comment. Anybody who listens here knows how we feel about that, and you guys know that we ride hard for the brand, and we try to get out and look. We, For unpaid people, we do about as much as we can. I mean, everything we put out on the Internet, and it's all we can do because we all have families and jobs and things like that. I mean, we can do what we can do, but – we're getting 13, 14, 1700 con- uh, our, our content is getting consumed almost 2000 times a week just on our hard our core episodes. That's not including promos and all the other stuff we do. It's not hard if you care. All right? And that's what I've always said. We talk about this every day. If you care, if it's not a stepping stone to get another job, it's not easy. It's not hard. It's easy to go out into the community and shake somebody's hand and look them in the face because in this culture, that's what you got to do to get people to come to your event. I mean, you guys know that. And, and I'm telling you, the neighborhoods are the number one thing. I mean, we, we, I've never seen a billboard on the north side of Lafayette. I'm, t- I'm going to tell you right now, these guys know where I live. I live across the street from Blackham. I literally live walking distance to the stadium. I saw the first billboard for the game with game information, time, date, 
you know, who we're playing with a graphic. I saw one for the first time yesterday. Now, how the hell is that going to get somebody to the game? I'll tell you another thing. They sent out game day uh, check checkpoints for like what's going on. Gates open at eight. Uh, at 10 o'clock, this happens. At 11 o'clock, this happens. The Cajun walk is at one, blah, 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 whatever. They sent the damn email at eight something after the freaking, you know, after the gates had already opened. They've been doing this stuff regularly for four, five, six years. It's not that the people aren't interested. And I'll tell you this also. We got to stop comparing ourselves to Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge has got their, their core locked up. And they don't care that Baton Rouge don't care about them. They just want to be a part of a winner. I don't want that kind of fan. The kind of fan that we need and the kind of fan that we have to cultivate, the kind of supporter that we want in our stadium, if you want to be a Houston or a Boise State or a San Diego State or a Cincinnati, you know who go to those games? People that want to build. People that want to be a part of something that came from nothing and became something. That means way more to me, especially when I got educated by this place and I live in this place and I'm probably going to send my, my kids to be educated in this place. That means way more to me than go and pay way too much money to sit in an ugly, smelly-ass stadium and watch a team that is pretty embarrassing if you look at their, uh, their history with you know, d- domestic abuse and covering up rape and stuff like that. I have absolutely no desire to be a part of that. Zero. Oh, wait, we're ULL, remember? I mean, that's their biggest concern. If you ask a, 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 a state fan what their biggest concern is, it's none of that. What we, care, like, what we call ourselves. Oh, oh my God. That is like legal. Yeah. How dare we? So, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to call my local representative because they saw Louisiana on the ESPN score. Team. But they do that. They somebody, do call, they somebody, do call their representatives. Yeah, somebody on their message board was like, I'm who's, where's a state rep? I'm going to call him. And I'm thinking to myself, Thomas, the assistant coach at LSU in 2000 at the college world series went up to the booth at ESPN and told him not to call us Louisiana. You want to talk about small man syndrome? They don't care about us. They don't care about us. They care so damn much. Their fans wonder why, like a lot of our fans don't like them. And then when you hear stuff like that, where their coach goes to up to the press box, you know, when his team, you know, that that's ridiculous. That's absurd, you know, but to your point, Josh, about the fan, about the, look, Juco is completely right. I do think reach community outreach is very important. Just not, not by not, not with just promoting, you know, the players, but just knowing who we are. I mean, that that's that's some big-time stuff right there, what he said. He's like, you know, I grew up on the north side, and I barely knew who UL was until I went to a basketball game. There's probably a lot of people out there in different parts of Acadiana that's untapped that, yeah, they might have heard of us, but they don't know much about us. And so I, I, I fully agree. I'm all about that. I'm all about going from parish to parish, doing these tours, spreading the brand. Um, and because, look, we all people talk about LSU – there's only there's only a hundred thousand seats in that stadium. So many only so many people can fit inside of it. And a lot of times, if you turn it on ESPN, when they're playing a non-conference or even when they play some SEC schools, there's some empty seats in the upper deck. So even they don't sell out all the time, right? So what I'm saying is, is there's a lot of fandom to go around, and there should be a lot of fandom at Cajun Field from the untapped markets that we should be reaching. Hey Josh, before you before you go on, I, I just I see Adams in here, man. He got me all teared up, and I'm still probably going to get teared up talking about it, but the tribute that the team did for Miss Gale. Oh my God. Unbelievable. Adam, please request to speak and we'll get you on and we'll have a conversation about it. 
as soon as he posted that, I just heard her her infectious laugh in the back of my head going off. So that was awesome from the uh, from the team and 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 the entire program. Uh, she she will definitely be missed. So first, thank you for sharing that, Adam. First time I met Gail Savoy was hollering at a softball game, and I looked at her and was like, "We're the same." It was like the uh, Spider Man meme, you know. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Adam, please, if you if you are able, uh, request to speak, and we'll and we'll visit a little bit. Uh, Ryan Benoit, former king of the creative team, that was the best we've ever had in the house. Ryan, go ahead, man. Floor is yours. And to uh, Duco's point, um, yeah, the marketing is terrible. It's been that way for four years since the the mafia took over and ran everyone off. Uh, I mean, I spent four years being told what my, what the culture of, of my own city was, you know, what our fans, you know, what our, what, our, how to market to our own culture. And, you know, after a while people started leaving and let's look, I mean, look back at when HUD was past his prime, past his peak. We had more fans in Cajun Field than when we had a nationally ranked football team winning the conference championship. That makes no sense whatsoever. Um, I tried to say that. I tried to say that for you for the last couple of years. I said all of the excuses that we're coming up with here make zero sense. I saw. I don't know, it was 24, 25,000 people watch HUD lose to Georgia State on their second coach and third quarterback. What What are we doing? Um, last year, we, you know, they, they Maggard got on, they fans to show up, fans showed up, and it was a 45-minute wait to get popcorn out of the concession. <laughs> now, now you're going you're gonna to walk me right into the popcorn conversation? Because, listen, I'm pissed. Him. <laughs> hey, I I missed an entire quarter last year because I was waiting in the, in the concessions line. Uh, look, and tonight, say, look, look, Ryan, I appreciate that. I'm going to say what I told Josh earlier. I've been involved with UL athletics for 20 years before I moved to Houston, and it's the same thing. The first game every single year, it's like it's a surprise, and then we have to apologize, and then we get it right. It, it, like, you know what's going to happen because we've been through this for 20 years and every opening night, it's the same thing. I yeah, don't get it. it uh, and, and this, is, this is not just this administration. This has been over the course of 20 years. They've been a few administrators in that seat. So I get it, man. I Like, what, what does it take for you to understand what you need on game night? And we had 16,000 fans there tonight, so it's not like they were overflowing for well, popcorn. And poor Josh couldn't even get his damn popcorn. <laughs> Dog, 30 minutes for some motherfucking popcorn. And then they had the audacity to tell her, I'm sorry, the popcorn machine has been backing up. What the hell are you talking about? It takes four minutes to make freaking popcorn. Anyway, it's, go ahead. It's, sorry, Ryan. It's like a, they set me up like for that. I told you, it's like I told you guys earlier. It's death, taxes, and waiting an entire quarter for or 30 minutes for a Diet Coke after the first UL home game. And why in the hell is the band having to compete with a PA system that's blaring like like making people's ears bleed? It's so damn loud and obnoxious. 
So let me take that one, Josh, because I'm I used to do the piped in music crap, the piped in rap crap. No, it was you. Right? It was your fault. Under direction from the guy telling me to push the buttons. Look, here's the deal. It's we do not have a sound system for a division one FBS college stadium. We have speakers coming out of a, uh, a scoreboard that is in the South end zone or North end zone. And that's it. That's all we got. So they've got to mm-hmm. play that music loud enough to not only have the upper deck here, but also the regular seats here and on the field. And of course the coaches and the players want more, more volume. So we're pumping it up for them to hear. Meanwhile, you're going deaf in row two, right by, you know, right by the field. So that's the problem. We need a better sound system. I'm hoping with this renovation that gets better, but there also what needs to be there needs to be better coordination, right? So, so there needs to be a better coordination between the band speaking to the press box saying, "I'm going, hold up," or "You're going, let's go." That that never really got synced up. So there are a couple of issues working there, but I get it. It's really loud. Poor Doctor Wag, you know, rest in peace, was screaming at the top of his lungs on that little radio to the press box, turn it down. I can't hear anything. So I get it, man. That's been going on for 20 years. And I understand. It's just between that and, you know, I didn't even know about the, I just heard from y'all talking about the, uh, our students being asked to leave because they were talking smack to the opposing bench. Um, It's just the overall game day feel is, I mean, it's bushly. There's no, there's no marketing. They, they don't sell the product. They're just like, you know, Dr. Maggard will get, will, will get, have enough and he'll get on the radio and he'll start begging fans to show up. And, but they never sell the product. They never say why, and why invest your money in the RCF? Why invest your money in game day tickets to, to come to the, to watch a, a nationally ranked football team they never they never sell you on that idea uh, we're not the saints we're not you know we're not we don't have a lot I get it we don't have a big budget for marketing but at a certain point the product needs to start carrying and we're not going to get you know someone was saying they were talking about the Florida and uh, Utah game yeah our, our home schedule is going to suck for a while because we don't have we we can't get the big teams to come here. The only way we're going to get the big teams to come here is if we start showing up as a fan base, getting that, um, that experience going. We hopefully eventually within the next 20 years, get a stadium renovation started. Um, and then possibly, you know, if we want to move up into maybe a conference that where we have bigger teams come, we have to show up. Our fans have to show up, but our fans aren't, they're not being addressed. Like Juco said, you know, we have a lot of local fans that uh, don't know what's going on because our marketing is just, I mean, it's, I've seen literally tell you what, if you want to know what's going on each week, week in and week out, follow um, Lindsay Desimo, coach Des's wife on social media. She does a way more, she does a way better job of spreading the word for what's going on. Like I had to, I was trying to find out the, how to sign up our kids for the the Young Raging Cajuns Club. I had to go to her 
So, hey, let me tell you something. Good luck if you want to get the the YRCC because we had a lot. I know y'all are laughing, but we did this last year where we had to call nine different freaking people. Couldn't get anybody on the goddamn telephone that could tell me, I'm trying to give you my money. Take the money. Give me the passes. This is a simple transaction. Dude, it was a disaster. That's true. I, I want to talk football. I, I want to talk football, but he's not wrong on that. It was a disaster. Sorry, Ryan. Finish up, and then we'll no, move okay. on. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, we the football team's going to be fine. Coach Desimo is going to get get these guys playing. Um, I think we played. I think he played a lot of young guys. Um, there's a lot of gelling that needs to happen, but it's going to happen. I mean, Des is a competitor. He knows how to win. He's he's done it. You know, he carried the team on his shoulders and his legs plenty of times when he was a quarterback here. Yeah, literally. Um, and he's but he's humble enough to know when he you know. What, when he when he needs to make a change and he'll and he'll do it, so that part's fine. I, I'm hoping the marketing part will get will take care of itself because one of the biggest problems with our marketing department finally left, but I think he left too too late to save this season. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but I mean, if we don't start, if we can't start filling, if we can't get twenty twenty five thousand fans to watch. A team that's constantly competing for a conference championship and nationally ranked. I mean, what are we doing? You know, it should be selling itself, and it's not. I feel like I feel like our marketing is doing everything it can to not bring fans into the stadium. So that's my two cents that I've been went on a I went on a rant to Josh earlier today. I just like blew up his phone with a massive text message. So I was like, God damn it! Like, why am I getting this fucking email? telling me that the gate's open at 8 o'clock and it's fucking 8.30. That's bullshit. Just stupid things like that. And then, now, see, now you got me fired up like Josh. All right, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> it's all right. Hey, listen, Ryan, appreciate your, your candid thoughts. Look, it's true. And I promise you, we will cover that even more than we already do regularly. Um, and it, it's, listen, that is definitely, it's, it's part of the, it's, it's a large part of the problem. And it's a large part of the reason why you got 16,000 fans when it's drizzling outside. I, look, I get it. It, it. It's You can't hide from it. It's part of the problem. It's a huge part. But uh, I, I think I think that we should save that for later. But let's, let's kind of shift back to football. We're going to talk real quick about what we liked, and then we're going to talk about what we didn't like. But we'll take some calls in between. I see a lot of people are requesting to speak. First of all, Something I liked, I will, uh, I, I will, I'll divvy it up to you guys after I say what I liked. What I liked was, um, I like to see a lot of guys get reps. Right, we played a lot of people tonight. That is, that's something that you that valuable experience. You're gonna find out who can play and who can't, who who can put it on when the lights are on and who can't. That's that's invaluable. Got to have it. Got to have it. So I, I really like that. I like Chandler's accuracy, like I, I mentioned. I liked, I really liked our linebacker play tonight, including Brandon Bishop. I know I mentioned that already, but that was, to me, that was uh, Cam Podesclo and Brandon Bishop tonight, and, and Eric Garrett was great. But those, those, those units really stood out to me. Um, the left side of the offensive line, not good. The right side, Showed a lot of promise. We got a lot of work to do on the left side, and I think we'll be fine. But the right side really came to play. I like to see that. Um, throwing the football to the freaking tight end, man. I mean, I'm going to get a shirt, and I'm just going to wear it. And it's we got to make a movement. 
Let's we should even have wide receiver. Let's just throw it to the tight. Let's have like is there a 15 package where you can do one back and five tight ends? Let's do that. Uh anyway, that that's what I like tonight. I really liked it. I liked the way we competed when it felt like we might have kind of started to see some light at the end of the tunnel or southeastern started to see some light at the end of the tunnel tunnel we we clamped down we clamped down on defense and we like offensively we started pushing the football down the throat i like to see that there's still some will in these kids there's still some will on this team to win i like that and the final thing that i really liked was hearing des say at the end of the night it's on me i gotta do better we gotta play call better he took it upon himself to tell the fans hey we understand it's a work in progress look at us it was our fault don't look at the kids it's us uh, that's what I liked. Jerry, what'd you like? Um, I like the fact that the t- that we still have, I saw a team that still has the same mentality that we've had in the last couple of years, the culture mentality. And, and I say that there it's the intangible is very important. I just got a cliche bingo. There you go. The I'm going to get a drink. Very, oh, congratulations. Anyway, the, the intangible is very important about that. What's important about that intangible is the fact that he really did go get a drink. Okay. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get with Josh. Uh, but the importance of the intangible is what, uh, what enabled me to feel comfortable about the game in spite of Southeastern having some positives as well. You know, in the third quarter, you know, we looked a little sluggish. We looked a little bland at certain times, but we played well enough to hold on and continue to just grind. Uh, I like that because I think that attitude as we improve fundamentally on the field, that's going to help us win some pretty key games later on in the season. Uh, I also like the quarterback play, especially from Chandler Fields. Um, His style of play and the way he played tonight kind of summarizes why he got the starting job. Nothing against Ben. I just think Chandler's seniority definitely helped, and it showed. Um, you know, there were some there were some positives I saw out the quarterback play, where I all that concern about losing Levi. I'm not saying it's fully gone, but I feel a lot better tonight seeing that. Um, defensively, I thought the secondary outside of the zone coverage in the third quarter, I thought secondary did a good job. Had a few picks, had a few key stops. Also, linebackers. I've always said it. Uh, since since Billy got here, and I've noticed it now with this new defensive coaching staff, open field tackles, very important. I thought our linebacking core did a great job on open field tackles, even when the inexperience of our D-line showed a little bit. We had, we had linebackers, like you said earlier, flying to the ball, making open field tackles. That is definitely very important um, when the season goes on, when you start playing teams that like to spread it out and like throwing screen passes and just doing – things that kind of widen the field, that's going to be very important. And with the help of the defensive backs, I think that's going to be a huge help in installing drives. So very pleased with that. Um, we're talking just positives, right? We're not talking negatives quite yet. Yes, Jerry, the segment is what did you like tonight? <laughs> okay. That's what I liked. Open field tackles. I like the fact that the, uh, the overall mentality is still there, which helped us kind of stay in cruise control. I agree I like with the you. quarterback play. So, yeah. That's what I liked. I agree. Nicholas. My turn. So um, defensive backs were flying in the first half of the game. So I really like seeing that. And, and really they did keep most of the passes in front of them. Um, So that was encouraging to see Um, Pedesco. How many times did we hear his name called, man? I love that guy. Oh, he was on fire tonight. He's mean. 
He's mean. He's he plays pissed off, and that's what I love about him. So uh, Podesco really had a, a great game. He had six solo tackles or seven. Some he had, he had led the team in solo tackles tonight. Um, so he was really really good. Um, I mean, seven points given up by the defense against an FCS opponent that scored over forty for almost every game last season. So that was impressive. Even though there were FCS again. Didn't have their their big quarterback, but they scored points and they brought back most of their offense. So that was encouraging to see. Um, I'm trying to think of things that that you or Jerry didn't say. Terrence Williams, man, he's he's a bulldog. Um, oh, he's and, your ever down back. No, no question. Uh, I'm telling you, he showed me something tonight. I mean, I was expecting. Chris Smith is going to be razzle-dazzle, but, man, um, I'm telling you, I I really like what I saw out of Terrence Williams tonight, so that was exciting. Um, And uh, a little bit more encouraged about uh, our place kicking this year. I know that he missed a a relatively longish field goal, so that that was not great, but uh, generally every time he lined up for an extra point, uh, I wasn't concerned. I held my breath. I I mean, I like Nate, but – Nate outside of 45 inside of 45, I should say he could hit anything from 45 to 60, but anything else inside of 45, he was a little iffy on. Um, so I like Nate, uh, Nate, you have to forgive our friend Nate's in the space right now. So <laughs> be no, I love, Nate. I love Nate, but I'm just saying, I like the, the consistency of being, um, you know, not holding my breath on those, uh, those extra points. And, um, and I think the last thing that, that I liked seeing was the uh, speaking of special teams, were the kicks going into the end zone for the most part? There was a mistake. He, uh, I, our new guy kicked it. I, I think on the on the last kickoff, he kicked it out of bounds, which was, that was a clear mistake. But I liked seeing him kick it deep. Um, we haven't had that in a few seasons, so those are just a couple of things that you guys didn't miss mention that I did like tonight. Before we move on, Mr. Terry, you got another comment? I see you there. Also, I see Mr. Darren's in here. This Darren is uh, Trey Amos's dad. Darren. Are we healthy? Is Trey healthy? Do we expect to see him against Eastern? I got to know some answers, man, if you can give us something, uh, unless it's against coach orders. Give us some inside scoop if you can. If you can't, that's all right. Send me a message. (laughs) Mr. Terry, it's yours, man. Uh, Yeah, what I like, yeah. um, I love the use of tight ends, like y'all saying. Uh, I tagged you in the tweet, man about time. Hashtag type friends you. Um, That... Now, I love the secondary. I, I love our secondary. Since, you know, I, I don't think we, when I was playing, I honestly did not like our secondary. I knew we had great players, but we would always miss assignments. And I feel like our secondary is always on their assignment. No, we're not the most physically gifted, like size-wise, a few of the guys are, but they're almost always, like, in the right place at the right time. So I really like that. Um, I don't think the playbook was opened up enough. I think we're going to see a lot more in the next two weeks and especially more when we're in the conference play. And I know this is like what we like, but I just got to say this other thing. I live all the way in Hawaii, right? I live in Hawaii. And this is about the marketing thing. I believe our administration loves the free marketing. And Brian Maggard, I would hate to be an athletic director. I know his job is probably stressful. It, yeah, it most likely is. They care more about free marketing, like y'all talking about podcasts, and actually going out and reaching people. And I live in Hawaii, and people know of UL in Hawaii. I work on a warship. It's not as fun as it sounds. I work on a warship every day. A guy comes up to me and says, hey, brother, you pretty big. That's how Hawaiians, local Hawaiians talk. 
You big, you should play for Hawaii football team. He's like, no, I play for UL, the Cajuns. Oh, the Raging Cajuns, yeah, yeah, they're a good team, yeah. I was like, they know who we are in fucking Hawaii. But for some reason, but for some reason, people in New Iberia don't know who Mike Desimo is. That's a fucking problem. And uh, me, I can speak blue in the face about this. And a close friend of mine, who I'm not going to tell them, said that like I did this administration is cheap. They want to do the easy social media thing. You got to get out and meet people. Because like I said, local Hawaiians know who we are. You know what I'm saying? In a five-hour time difference, but. People in New Iberia don't know who Mike Desimone is. And I love Mikey D. DJ Mikey D. That's what you're going to see me tweet anytime we get a win. The hashtag DJ Mikey D. I love that dude. But I, I don't know, man. It's just got to get better. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Terry, are you a Navy guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in the Navy. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate, yeah, appreciate you very much. Appreciate your service. I'm an Air Force vet myself. Chair yeah, Force. Yeah, I know, man. Yeah. Shout, out, shout, out, shout out to you, bro. Chair Force, baby. Air Force. But listen, <laughs> listen, no. I, the one thing that when, when you're in the military, you get to live around the country, you go to different details and whatnot, and you understand that our brand is so unique that the people that live here don't even understand it because it's part of the identity. You kind of take it for granted, right? But when... We, I didn't play for the team. None of none of us play for the team. We just follow the team. We're from here. You, you look at it differently. But I've lived in Colorado, in Texas, in Florida, in Mississippi, in Alabama. I've lived in all these places. Everybody knows who we are. They know who we are. They know the Raging Cajuns because it is such an outstanding name. It is such a it's a it's a unique moniker. But it's a it's a great point. The people in freaking New Iberia don't understand what that means. We have not sold the identity portion of the brand. I talk about that this all the time, but to your point, it shouldn't be that way. It should. I shouldn't get. I shouldn't get better reception from somebody who lives in Denver, who barely watches freaking football, that understands what the brand actually means. I shouldn't get that. It's a big it, no. I'm with you a hundred percent. But you can't tell that to somebody who never left the the town. You know what I mean? I feel you, bro. I feel you on a, on a whole. Level that not a lot of people get, bro. That's a bad, bad guy to play. I feel you on a huge level, dog. It, it, it hurts a little bit. You know, we, we try. And, and look, going back to your point about the promotion, right? They want the free promotion. And, and this is a little bit behind the scenes. And, and I mean, we're doing a little bit, uh, you know, late night rage and review here. But th- we have a love-hate relationship with these people. We, I mean, we just do. They don't like the fact that they can't control what we say because it's not overly positive all of the time. But they love the traffic that we drove. Let me tell you something. December 2022, we got 3.7 million interactions on Twitter. In, the, in December of uh, 2021, I apologize. In December of 2021, 3.7 million on just Twitter. That's not Facebook. That's not all the other platforms. 3.7 million. Uh, Ryan is here, and he'll tell you that I'm not bullshitting. Ryan talked to me later in the year, uh, well, earlier in, in 2022, and said their own Twitter uh, official sites don't get that. So they love, they love the, the promotion. They love it. They love that we can help them do their jobs, but they hate that they can't control what we say. That's why there's a love-hate relationship. There's, su- there's such a gulf between the, the common fan the people that you need in the stands to help your football team and the people that you're trying to reach. There's a gigantic gulf between those two things. Go ahead, Jerry. I'll just say, or Nick. I'll, I'll just before Jerry or, or wherever we go, because we do need to keep it on football. I know we're getting off, off, to, off topic, but yeah, that's my bad. It does not cost anything to send players or coaches to an elementary school, to a high school, to New Iberia, to Crowley, 
And as I said it before, they tried doing that, the community outreach thing one time and nobody showed up and they never did it again, but you have to be consistent. You have to give them a reason to be there. You got to go out to the schools because I guarantee you the ice skaters weren't successful because mommy and daddy wanted to go to the games. The ice skaters were successful because they had a mascot that went to the school and that little alligator told all the kids that they needed to go to the game and they bugged their parents and they bought tickets and they went to the game. You gotta, it's gotta be, it's gotta be cultivated by the community and it's free. It costs nothing. And that's all we need to do. And that's, I'll just leave it at that. But, but Nick, they went to the people. They didn't just send out an email. They didn't just send out a tweet or a Facebook message or a TikTok video. They didn't just send out a graphic. They went and they met people. And that is still how we do business in this area. It's not going to change anytime soon. Back to football. What did you not like? Jerry, there's a lot of things that we've talked about that were positive. A lot of things surrounding the football team that we can kind of go back and forth on. But what did you not like about what you saw on the field tonight? Okay, so I want to go back to the comment on the marketing. I'm just going to use this analogy. You can't catch a fish if you don't cast your 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 rod. Jerry bringing the heat, making a rod joke. You're not. And the, well, the problem is that we've always had the mindset. Okay, wow. Um, we've always had the mindset of that's how we do things around here. That's uh-huh. how we do things around here. And 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 when some a new idea comes up, well, we can't do that. We can't do that because it won't work. Well, how do you know if you haven't if you haven't cast? How do you know you're not going to catch the fish? You're not going to know. So that's, we have to learn how to embrace change around here. And that's just the mentality. I'm talking from a university standpoint as a whole. And and I think we're starting to, but you have to embrace change. You have to understand that sometimes the formula you've been doing for so long can only take you so far and it's not going to work. So I definitely believe that when it comes to marketing, we're going to have to do some things that are going to make us uncomfortable. It's going to have to, we're going to have to do some things that we're not used to doing in the past. And so, you know, part of that is an outreach that maybe we haven't done before. And like Nick said, if it fails once, that doesn't mean you just throw your hands up and say, I quit. You keep trying. You try and try again until you finally get one or two people to say, you know what, I'll go to the game. And then the pay it forward model goes in and it compounds into five people and then the 10 people, then the 20 people, then the 30 people. And then before you know it, hundreds of thousands of people are, you know, are, are, are tailgating at Cajun field coming to your games, but you got to start somewhere. You have to have a foundation. You can't not have a foundation without saying, you, you can't start a foundation by saying, I can't do this. If you haven't even tried that, that's my big thing. You have to try again. You're not going to catch a fish if you don't cast. So anyway, well, Back to football. The only, oh, good, the, good. The, well, I was going to say the only example we can give is what we've been through. We sat, we put a mic on a coffee table and we started talking about Cajun sports and we had, I don't know, 50 listens the first time we put something maybe, out. Maybe, yeah, maybe a hundred. We were happy to get a hundred. And the there. next week we got a hundred people to listen to what we had to say. And a year later we had a thousand. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't pretty. And yeah, we screwed it up and we probably were wrong a lot and the sound sucked and all this stuff, but we cared enough to keep trying and keep improving. And now, I mean, if we're not getting 1500 episode consummations, consumations, consumers, what's the word here? This is late night rage review, bro. Leave me alone. If we're not, if we're not being consumed 1500 times, 
You know, it's a bad week. It's a bad week, you know? The point is, all right, the overarching point here is, Nick, you got to keep trying. You don't just quit because people didn't go to your freaking town hall. If five people showed up one time, shoot for 10 the next time. If 20 show up, great. It, we, we quit. The fans quit too much. The administration quits too much. We don't try hard enough. I was about to say one word. Try. 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 And before we listen, try. listen up, Kyle. All right. <laughs> I didn't drink a whole lot at the game because I wanted to, you know, be sharp for the post game and, and actually to see the end of the game so I could speak intelligently. <laughs> this right here is a freaking, this is a real Chianti Classico from the Luca Valley, 2017, buddy. Don't try anyway. me. I'll put you down. So, I'll put you down. Are we, are we talking, are we talking negative now? What did uh, you not like, Jerry? What didn't you like? I don't like how we, um, to be honest with you, around the third quarter after the half, after we didn't convert on that, uh, what was it, that fourth and one going into halftime? Yeah, at the end of the I, half. Yeah, I thought we lost momentum till the fourth quarter. And that, you know, and, and, and look, give credit to Southeastern. Those coaches made adjustments. They did. But they started moving the ball on us. <laughs> they started moving the ball on us in the third quarter. Um, they started passing on us. We played a little bit more of a zone coverage. Uh, we kind of backed up on the press in the secondary, and they started safe moving to the say, ball. Safe to say a very soft, soft zone. Soft, soft. zone. And then, but we couldn't capitalize offensively either. And, and I, that You're was right. something that was a little concerning. Um, I didn't like that because I do think in a game like this, you score that touchdown, like you said, going into the break, it's 24 nothing. You keep your foot on the gas. You put this game away midway through the third quarter. And you go home. You you put your you put your your backups in. Even the guys you're going to redshirt. You let them finish the game. You you take your win. You go home. Because that didn't happen, we had to play our starters a little bit longer. But I, I just feel like that's something that that always scares me. Because when you start playing better competition, you actually can lose games like that. Uh, but uh, as far as more negatives, um, I thought I, I did think the defensive line struggled a little bit at times um you know again lack of depth definitely hurt hurt us offensive line i thought could have opened up a little more holes for our run game uh they had some opportunities to do so uh and look i gotta tell you the the defensive line for southeastern was a lot better than i expected i don't know if it was because they were really good or our offensive line was a little more experienced but i do think they need to get better i mean there were times that where chandler the second he gets the snap there was a def- there was a defensive lineman, you know, a defensive lineman in his face where he had to roll out a few times, um, you know. That's that was a little concerning. So I just think in the trenches uh, overall, we, we do need to get better. But again, that's youth. That's that's youth. So um, you know, learning how to keep the foot on the gas is one, and I think both offense and defensive lines just need to get more experience and play better, but that's really the negative. I saw there are the negatives I saw tonight. Yeah. I, um, you know, we have a lot of young players on the team and I think someone alluded to it earlier. It's also coaching, um, did not like that play call from Des on fourth and one at the end of the end of the half, because you always want to score right before half. That is the goal because you're bringing momentum into the locker room. And not only that, but you're getting the ball back after the half. We didn't need to go out and score seven points. If we score three, we've got momentum. We were up by three scores and we're taking that into the, um, in, into the locker room. Instead, we gave them a glimmer of hope 
saying, oh, we stopped them. We stuffed them. Um, and and that leads into the offensive line on that play. Now, again, that it was a totally predictable up-the-middle run, but they blew past our center on that play. I mean, it was like they they totally consumed the running back, and they did that a few times during the game. So offensive line uh, was not a strong point. They, they made a couple of good plays, and they opened a couple of big holes, but I, when they blitzed, we weren't stopping them. I mean, there were a couple of times, especially on that one play that they just got him from his blind side. Like there was no one in the, in the vicinity of, of that, uh, that linebacker coming through. So uh, a couple of concerning things on the uh, offensive line. Um, Again, that, that, that zone or protect or, or defense, whatever they did at the, the beginning of the third quarter, wasn't a fan of, but again, we only allowed seven points for the entire game. So I'm not going to make that a huge negative, uh, but really, again, it's it's a learning curve for not only the players, for the coaching. And so my biggest takeaway was if you got points, you, you took three points off the board right there. And it could have been, again, we could have gone ahead, taken that into the locker room. But instead, you got Southeastern, something to think about and something to be excited about. And and like I mentioned before, you were one penalty away from being down or being up by only three because Cephas Johnson, as terrible as a performance as he had tonight, because he could not, he was bouncing throws all over the place. He made a great pass to a, a wide receiver that took it in for six. That almost put us up by only three. And then we have a really tight ball game there and who knows what happened. So, um, yeah, I think, I think uh, those are my two big ones. The, the play call uh, right before half and then the offensive line play made me a little worried. But, again, it's, it's growing pains for the, the program as a whole, and hopefully they make some progress next week. No, there was a couple of times in that game, if one small thing happens, the entire complexion of it is totally changed. So, again, we, we, I go back to the end of the half, like you guys mentioned. If that gets punched in, and I still think it's a terrible call. I think it was a first down. But if that gets punched in, it's 24 to nothing. The entire complexion of that game looks completely different. And we're having a different conversation. If we're getting into what I didn't like, guys, I, I got to be honest with you. I'm mostly concerned about the physicality of the line of scrimmage. Far too many times in that game against Southeastern, and Terry said he was right about that. You got to give Southeastern some credit. And Selfo is a very good coach. I get all that stuff. At the same time, we're a top 25 program. Two years in a row going into three, all right? We still got a lot of guys back. You can't be soft on the, on the line. You got Everybody knows on this staff, everything is still in place. It's still, it's still the core identity of this program. You got to win in the trenches. And too many times I thought that we didn't win in the trenches. And it was in, in times where you really needed to win. It was kind of like a money down and we couldn't get it done. That is concerning. Um, so if I'm, if I'm worried, if I'm worried about something, that's probably the number one thing I'm worried about. I did not like the play calling. It's, I know that's low hanging fruit. It's easy to say, well, this play didn't work. So I don't like the play calling, but there was a lot of times where I just thought we got cute. You know, the tight end in the, especially in the seam and over the middle was working. Why you get away from it? We didn't even talk about Johnny Lumpkin, Lumpkin that much, but Johnny Lumpkin's arms are as long as my entire body. Just put it somewhere around him. He'll catch the ball. I didn't understand getting away from that. I really did not understand the soft coverage in the, in the beginning of the third quarter from, from Lamar and the defense. Didn't understand that at all. Maybe we wanted to get some other guys some work. I saw Amir Dan, uh, McDaniel on the field, and he played well, but he did miss a couple of tackles, and it looks like he still needs some reps. 
and which is to be expected. We got a lot of young guys that are getting playing time. So I'm not going to harp on it too much, but that's something that I didn't like. I didn't like that we kind of got off of their, their wideouts. If we're going to want to play like that old Patrick Tony defense, that man-on-man, let's put some pressure. If we're going to continue to do that, we got to teach these guys to play press coverage. So I, I didn't understand that at all. And Cephas Johnson wasn't hitting receivers. It was really bad. Really bad. The only time he started to open up the offense is when he was being allowed to run. So anyway, I, I, I didn't love, I didn't love the, uh, the strategy on defense in the second half, especially early in the second half. By the way, Southeastern bailed us out a couple times. With bad penalties. Awful penalty and play calling. Play, yeah, and play calling was bad. Razzle dazzle that yeah. never worked. Like every time they tried that, they Dude, were throwing interceptions. The 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 the, the end around pass on the side of Eric Gare. Why the was, fuck would you have a running back or a wide receiver throw it to the side where Eric Gare is? Have yeah. you lost your damn mind? The dude again, the most underrated player in the history of the Sun Belt. I just don't understand. I, I don't understand what these coaches are thinking. But anyway. Uh, like Jerry likes to say, I, I am not a coach. I am not maybe a coach. They're on crack. Maybe it's not us that's on crack. <laughs> no, maybe they're on crack. Yeah, we should send that back over on the other side. Uh, anyway, uh, the other thing I didn't like is, look, we we, we have we, we have a kicking situation. Why isn't Kenny starting? Is he is he hurt? I, I don't understand why we got Stafford out there. I understand they had a battle, and apparently Stafford won it. But we know Kenny's accurate. We know Kenny's accurate. I understand. No, he was hurt at the end of last year. But if he's healthy, I don't know. I, I, the special teams has got as a whole, as a whole, not not you, Reese, not you. I know you got, probably got an invisible thing that you. Anyway, not Reese. Everybody else though, and we got to get it together. Special teams has got to shine for us this year, especially in a transition year where the offense is going to take a while to find its footing. We're going to rely heavily on defense. We got to do everything we can on teams. To put ourselves in good positions constantly. Let's narrow that down to place kicking. Because tonight, I mean, we we had great kick coverage. Our kickoffs, were, well, again. Well, I'm, Buddy I'm, kicked it out of freaking. I know. What, what's I his know. name? What's the new guy? Leo, Theo, Keo? I'm giving him a, a, a pass. This, this one-time pass. That's okay? brutal. That's just brutal. You can't do that. But I'm just saying, it's. Let's let's focus on place kicking because I think everything else is going to be fine. I mean, we did score uh, a, a touchdown on kickoff, right? So that that was great. But we again place kicking. Let's get that straight. Um, again, I liked what I saw. I, I wasn't holding my breath. I, we should have made a forty-three yard kick, I guess. But yeah, first game of the season, I'll let it pass. Sure, I'm still optimistic. I'm still big on my special teams, man. Sure, sure. Hey, want to tell everybody else, you know, the handlers are in my ear. Rate, subscribe, review, do all that stuff, but request to speak. See a couple players in the space. Uh, I see Zeon in the space. Zeon, if you want to comment on the quarterback room, that'd be cool, man. If you have a couple of minutes to talk to us, that'd be sweet. Uh, if not, no big deal. I, I love the quarterback room at this point. I, I know Zeon is probably itching to get on the field, and uh, and it would be here. it'd be cool to hear from him. Other than that, I, I, you know, I guess moving on to the league. The league was great tonight. You know, my pick to win the East got absolutely dominated by a bad Cox team. We won't we won't start there, uh, but we can start. At, you know, we can we can talk about the heartbreak at the Rock in in Boone, North Carolina. That was, whew, that's going to be tough to forget about. You know, one thing I'd like to comment on is Sean Clark pulled up Chase Bryce uh, in the post game, and he did the leadership thing and kind of propped him up. 
I think that Bryce probably, if he had to do it over again, he floats that a little bit. And even though the the receiver fell down, and I think that he knew he was so wide open, he just got excited, turned around too quickly, and just kind of started backpedaling, fell down, right? Uh, but I think if Chase had to do that over again, he w- I, I, you could tell when you watch the replay, he kind of twitched it, and, and it was a little bit of a quick move. I think that he would be a little bit more poised and kind of just floated out. Uh, but my God, was that gut-wrenching. I, I'll stop you right there and just say, let's talk about Chase Bryce right now. 25 for 26, six touchdowns, one interception. Wow. 25 for 26. Look, dude, he floated a pass that that were a couple of inches off. You got to help him out. Dude. No, you got to help him. At the end of the day, wide receiver, you can't get you can't get happy feet because you're wide ass open. They had two cracks at it. Yeah. They had two. And they shouldn't have. They, there's no they, they had no business having that last shot at the very end of the game. No. They did. But man, 40 points in the fourth quarter. Come on. Look, if this happens to the Cajuns, I, I told Catherine, I said, I'm going into hiding for a month. Yeah, I quit the pod. I'm in hiding. I don't want to do this anymore. I probably quit college football. That hurts so bad. Well, just I, imagine. I'm not a fan of the team, and I was upset. Like, I had to take a break. Know, I turned the TV on. You know what the comparison is? Like, they hosted UNC at their house. That's like LSU coming to Cajun Field. Yep, that's their LSU. That's right. Like that. I mean, I told uh, Kayla and I were talking about that. My wife and I, we mentioned it, and I told her, I was like, if that, like, we were watching this game, like, acting as if we're app fans and when i mean we we did the cobra we did the whole cobra thing whenever oh. you know he missed the two the recoil we're both like you've got to be kidding me because the first thought that came to mind because the whole time i'm explaining to her unc going to app is like lsu coming to cajun field and i'm just visualizing us losing to lsu like that i'd cry i'd ball i'd ball my eyes out if oh i quit i quit like life that. for at least a week i mean but but look we talked about this earlier you can't you're up 21 seven at your house. You've got the momentum. You've got the crowd behind you and you give up 34 unanswered points, Oof. 34 unanswered points. You're down 20 points start to, to start the fourth quarter and look, credit him credit at 40 points in the fourth quarter is absurd, but you don't give up 34 unanswered points in, during a span of two quarters, you gave them all the momentum and you had to play catch up. If you bring that same energy in the fourth quarter, you brought in the second and third, you win that game by, by three scores. But well, Jerry, what, you, what was most know? shocking about that was their defense was soft as toilet tissue, man. They gave up. I mean, honestly, that, that uh, number 10 may that guy, listen, he's good. And he put some yeah. balls on the money. Don't get me wrong, but you can't let a redshirt freshman quarterback eat you up like that. Not at home. No. Oh no. No. Guys, I told you guys in the third quarter, they're cramping up. Like every other place, some guy was down on the field cramping. And I'm like, it's the third quarter of the first game of the season. Why are you cramping? It was 60 you're freaking degrees. And you're in boom. You're not in Lafayette. It's not 90 degrees and 100% humidity. You're in boom. And they're cramping up. So I was kind of shocked at their conditioning not being up to par. That's not like App State. So that was a little, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's, that's different. That's not, that's not normal. I like I Sean Clark that. as a as a coach. I really do. I mean, he's an app guy. He's the Desarmo of Boone. Desarmo, sorry. Look, man, I'm from St. Landry Parish. All right. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna mess it up. He's he he is the Des of Boone. He they love him there. There's something off. There's a it's little. It's not big. I mean, they got talent, they're well coached. They're mostly I don't know what it is. Now I'll tell you what it is. They're, they're competent. 
Yeah, it's like it's, it's and he's an old I mean, offensive lineman. He was a road grader. I don't understand why they they they're just not they're just not physical like they were in on defense especially. Well, like I'll give you an example offensively. They love to run that sort of that spread pistol. They like to run that pistol. They like to run that they they run that um they they stretch it out to like Nate Noel and Cam Peoples. And the problem is that there were a few runs between the second and third quarter, they weren't even getting past the line of scrimmage because their offensive line was getting dominated. And to me, that's just, that's, that's lack, that's finesse, you, you know, and, app, and that's to me what, what under Satterfield and under Drinkwoods, they didn't, they didn't play with that type of, like that type of finesse, you know, but there were a lot. We got to remember those teams were very senior and junior laden. At one point, I want to say the, the year that we went up with the, went up there with Nunez, which was, uh, seventeen or was it seventeen that we went up there with Nunez as our uh, as our starter? Dude, they had eighteen. 18. So 18. eighteen, their entire offensive line were sophomores, and they were playing for a Sun Belt Conference championship. Those teams, when they got into the belt, were loaded, and then they, you know, they carried out their careers. And now they're replacing a lot of guys. They lost Bear Hunter on the line. They they've got a lot of people that they got to replace. However, it's App State, so we think they grow them over there. You slap a yeah. black jersey on them, they're supposed to just perform, which is a testament to their brand of football. And I didn't see I that think, today. I didn't see it. I, I also, and that's why I think after today, I, I think they'll be back. They'll be fine. Now, granted, they have to go play Texas A&M next. That's going to be a tough match. But once they get in conference, they just turn on the Jets. They'll, they'll be fine. I mean, it's like after the week after we beat them last year on that Tuesday night game, I mean, we gave them a spanking. They go back and they – in coastal streak and beat them at home on national TV. That's the type of team app is it's, it's pretty much dusted off focus on the next game. And they did so, and they will, and I think they will be fine, but no, I, I think today, today, again, they're just, they just seem finesse. That, that's the best adjective I could give it. Nick was coastal a fraud last year. They're fraud every year. That is the only correct answer. Thank you. Stupid COVID excuses. They're fake every year. Ooh, they got Grayson McCall. Kiss my ass. Again, I really don't like that team. In case you haven't figured, look, the out. entire league hates their guts. Look, every look. we were in a bunch of different uh, groups, you know, text messages and 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 different groups that they they message us or whatever. Everybody's pulling for everybody. Literally everybody. You got you got you got Marshall getting along with with uh, with uh, ODU and and James Madison. They're all around the same. Everybody's pulling her everybody except for COVID Carolina. But where have you ever have you ever in person actually met a fan of their football team? I have not. They they exist somewhere. And oh my goodness, ESPN loves them because look how fun they are. They have mullets. Because they Shut cut up. they cut the head off of a a, a doll in the yeah, the locker they, room. Yeah, they, they like elbow drop some stupid chicken or some shit. I don't know. Whatever. Don't so, get me look, rationality goes out the window when we talk about Coastal. It's just, you know, I, I mean, rationality just goes out the well, window. Well, you know, they conspired you know? to cheat and they, they cheated us out of a Sunbelt Conference championship. So we all know, we all know that they cheated. We all I know mean, that they conspired. Everybody understands that. It is. It's It's interesting because, like, you know, you're right. I mean. We get along like when we played app for the championship, there's a mutual respect there. Uh, I mean, except it's always when Coastal's in the picture, when Coastal's mentioned, everybody just kind of gangs up on them. You know, it's it's a, it's pretty funny when you really think about it. 
Hey, Nick, if you don't mind, pull up the Sun Belt, uh, the the finals. We had a we had a pretty banner day for the league. Um, I, and I have too much stuff going on, so if you don't mind, pull those up. Uh, Mr. Terry, I see you there. Give me a second, and I'll I'll get you on for your thoughts. Go ahead. Yeah, You're, are you looking for me to give some score updates? Pull, I got pull the scores up. I'm gonna let Terry make his comment, and then we'll we'll keep going with the league. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, so back to App State and North Carolina. Uh, so I'll say this about North Carolina: they were better than what we thought they were going to be. I think we can all say that. Uh, we thought that was uh, Drake May, the guy that replaced. Uh, That's it, Drake. Sam Drake May. That yeah, was his name. At first, I was like, "Oh, this dude's playing FAMU. I don't really see it." You know, when they say play App State defense, he's not going to show up. Maybe that's because App State isn't as strong as they used to be, or maybe that's because Drake May is actually pretty good. I'm going to take the latter and say Drake May actually is pretty fucking good. He was sick. Also, he was sick. Yeah. He so when they did that zero blitz on that long touchdown he threw to the running back out the backfield. I was like, that's a, that's a senior decision. Yes. That doesn't just happen. Yes. I, 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 you don't make that decision if you're not actually cerebral and smart. Hey, he Terry, good decision. Terry, what yeah, about the tight, the, the throw to the tight end? Uh, well, I, no, he's not a tight end. Number eight, uh, poor noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On third I mean, down, yeah. on third down, that yeah. throw. Yes. That's like, a professional I, throw. Dude, dude is good. Oh, he's Matt good. Brown has is, Matt Brown's recruiting down there. They, you know what Matt Brown's doing down there? He's eating at a buffet. Because I don't know what the <laughs> hell. He looks like he's 15 Matt Browns. Holy like, God. <laughs> I mean, he, he's, he's old. I, hate, man. He can get on. I, I ain't going to put that on. But, but I will say this, man. North Carolina knows that they escaped. And they know that they beat a good team. Because I saw that y'all tweeted, like, what dance puppets dance. <laughs> like, they know that they beat a good team. Yeah, but like, like, beat the mighty S- SBC on the road. Let's dance, baby. Even though we got hosed and we got yeah. cheated. And we, I mean, come on. Yeah, like, you, you don't you don't really see that unless you're playing, like, a team like App. You know what I'm saying? So, but hey, half off to North Carolina, they won. But, yeah, I thought App State, man, it's, uh, they they got some stuff to clean up, and I, I'm I'm sorry for them. I'm actually going to lose sleep over that game because that's the that was probably the most exciting game I've watched in a, in a long time. Uh, that's, that's all I got to say about that. Thank y'all. It's top five. I mean, seriously, that was an exciting game. No matter who you're rooting for, and obviously, we're not fans of App State, but we're fans of the belt, and I want our teams to do well. I, the people that don't. The people that say you shouldn't root for the teams in the in the conference, I, I never will understand that. Of course you do. You want those power rankings to go up so that when we beat league teams, it helps us. But it's also exciting to watch. And that was an exciting football game. And I'm going to tell you, if that happens, if, if I'm a fan of App State tonight, buddy, I'm in the alehouse, like, asleep on the floor right now. Like, it's going down. I don't ever want to think about this ever again. No, I, I got a – there's a guy on my ship that went to App State. I met him, and we were, we were moral enemies as soon as we caught eyes. And he told me he went to App State, and I was like, "Oh God, I hate you." I oh, hate what, you guys. Yeah, he's like, "Oh wait, oh where you go? You well? Oh, you're a Lafayette fan?" I was like, "Oh man, we about to fight like on the bridge, you know, in a warship that's going 25 knots. I'm about to box this dude on the bridge. I don't care. I'm about to lose my job." But I tell you, I was texting him all day, and he's hurting. I I got his back, bro. I, I was his brother today. I was like, I love that dude. <laughs> yeah, the Sun Belt, the Sun Belt has turned into like I can talk shit about you. But if any of these other mother efforts say anything like that, we're going to fight. That's how that's gone down. I, that's how I feel about them. I mean, I've been to Boone enough to know like they, they are good people. They love football. They love being in the conference. And having the new uh, members come into the league and really 
They bring that passion. There's some passionate fan bases. USM, look at you. ODU showed out last night. I mean, what can Man, you say? Having, no, that. having that passion in this league is going to make everybody better, man. High tide raises all boats, you know? Yeah, yeah. and, and also going back to the fans, I, we also, my buddy on my trip, he said that you Cajun fans, y'all are really good fans. And he said that when y'all come to the Rock, you actually interact with our fan base. Other fans don't do that. You guys actually talk to people and, you know, you, you, you converse and, you, you know, you, you're friendly. Not other fan bases are like that. You, like, for some reason, our fan base is just so much more cordial than the other fan base when they go to App State for games. I don't know, yeah. Because we want to know who your mama and them is. We want to know your whole right. family, where you came from. That's why. <laughs> it's true. That's just how we are. And look, when they came down here, before we beat that ass – I, Jerry will tell you, my wife was feeding these people crawfish. We were giving them drinks. We were making sure they were full, happy. We were showing them what Zydeco music was. They loved it. They loved it. And then they went into the stadium and got that, got that ass tap. That's how we do it. And that's how we should do it. And that's how we should sell it to the community. I don't want to go back to into promotion. I just have to say it like that. <laughs> but we took, the point is, is that we took care of these people. And when we go and we return the, the trip and, and our, you know, we send, Vermilion and White up there, they expect some sort of, uh, re, you know, reciprocity a little bit, Jerry. That's, that, you know, I know you like that's to talk about true. that. And, and that's how you build rivalries. It can be friendly. It doesn't have to be nasty. It can be a friendly rivalry, but at the same time, we know we respect App State and they respect us. And they have to respect yeah. us because we're the only team in this league that have returned in the favor. That have really beaten them, yeah. That's exactly right. So th- there's a good relationship between the fan bases, the football teams, and got to remember that uh, Doug Gillen and, and Brian Maggard go way back and they're friends. So there's a lot of contact between the two programs, which is great because they've been they've been the banner holder. And, and we got to do that with other programs, but it takes a passionate fan base to care to show up to these games, to show up to these events, and we got to continue to do that. Whether it be Marshall, look, I didn't, I wasn't too impressed with Marshall's fan base per se. I thought some of their fans were a little bit standoffish, but at the same time, that's a hell of a brand, and we're going to see them down the road. We're going to see them this year. So, we, so when we visit there and they visit here, we need to go out of our way to welcome them, make a, make a statement, but also be very welcoming and 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 have that relationship established. We got to keep doing that. And not to mention, too, I think right now, college football, the 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 overall um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's getting late. I'm trying to think. Um, Shaw's. Just go with Shaw's. Shaw's, Shaw's is always football. an insert. Yeah. That's true. The overall Shaw's of college football is changing. The landscape, that's the word. The landscape of college football is changing, as we've talked about. You know, yesterday, the big news about adding 12 teams. I mean, what other – what better way – to be one of those six conference or to be in the mix for that six, those six conference champions or being the top six conference, six conferences, then to have Sunbelt teams win big games and help you. Right. Like you said, you know, if app state wins today, ODU wins last night, you know, Georgia state beats South Carolina, that helps your power ranking for your conference. That's important. I mean, you know, that's why to me, that's what's important about pulling for your other schools is because, you know, SEC schools can get away with pulling against the other team because their conference strength is always going to be in the top two, top three. The Sun Belt doesn't get that luxury. So it's very important to pull for those other teams because in essence, they help you out indirectly. 
especially when you go face to face against some of these teams that are were able to pull off some big wins against P5 competition. So and also I like I like the fact that even as a G5 conference, like I like having sort of that contest of who can be the best G5, right? You see the American, they've been advertising we're the P6. They're they're not playing like a P6 conference as we've seen lately, especially the future conference USA or the conference USA teams that are going there. Uh, that they P6, suck. That P6 moniker is going to be disappearing. But Jerry, the markets, the markets. What a I joke. Hope that, Charlotte I hope has a market. Look, they lost by 17 to William and Mary. I yeah, mean, but that, I, keep the P6, man. That's just more ammo for us to make fun of you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, we want to talk about that. Look, somebody who was it that made the comment just now? Conference USA went 0 and 7 this weekend. Oh, really? oh, that that all for one guy who defends Latinx <laughs> and like CUSA must be like jumping off of a bridge right now. Oh, and the thing that's is, Judy. Bro, he honored, that's Judy. He added me to my to the group. He added me to the group. I felt so honored. I felt so honored when he added me to the group. I tried to DM. I tried to DM. I couldn't DM him. Oh, dude, I felt so proud. He deleted. A part of that. He had to have deleted the account today. Today was a rough day. Wasn't what was it? He made a poll one time about. Um, oh, I forgot what it was. Something about the conference expanding or something, or who's your favorite team? And like everybody voted opposite of what he expected. <laughs> <laughs> he blocked everybody after. It was like a 70 30 vote. And he's like, all these trolls are coming in. It's like, well, I mean, don't take this the wrong way. And I'm not trying to be mean, but. Conference USA is kind of following the same business model that the Sun Belt did when they added New Mexico State and Idaho. Jerry, back in 2012. You're not trying to be mean. You're the author of the uh, McClellan video. Come on. <laughs> no comment. Nick, give us the uh, give us the league updates. Let's make a couple comments and let these people go to sleep. Oh man, I, now I feel like I'm back in my ESPN 1420 days, giving sports score updates. Uh, Do a nice radio voice. Ole Miss beats uh, Troy 28 to 10. And look, let me tell you something about that game. That game was out of hand 10 minutes in. Troy sucks. Whoever said Troy was going to win the West is, I'm not going to try to be mean, sorely mistaken. That's bad. They are not good. Watson is still very slow and very bad. I, I I don't like him at all. No offense to Troy fans that are in the space, but bad. I told you, I told you before the game or or during the game. I think I texted you and said Troy looks small and slow. Like they look they really bad. Yeah, yeah. So not impressed by their performance at all. Uh, Marshall destroyed Nor- Norfolk State fifty-five to three, as uh, expected. South Alabama big win over Nichols forty-eight to seven. I know you weren't big on on uh, South Al, but they definitely. Uh, well, hold on. Their- is is Lindsey Scott Jr. out? He's graduated. I think so. I think he's out. Yeah. Well, so. that 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 ex, that yeah. that explains there's that. your answer. Yeah, there's your answer. Nevada beats Texas State thirty-eight to fourteen. Scored twenty-four points in the third quarter. Same uh, old Texas State. Man. Way to bolster the conference, you freaking same jerks. Same old Texas State. We're just at Southern scored twenty-eight in the fourth to win over Morgan State, who I've never heard of, fifty-nine to seven. Um, JMU James Madison beats Middle Tennessee forty-four to seven. I mean, let's, not even welcome. Let's pause. Welcome. Everybody talked about a learning curve for JMU and blah blah blah. All they did was go out and absolutely obliterate a Kusa member. They kicked the door down. Holy That's shit! A, that game was they, over they, in the first quarter. They kicked the door down. Quarter, it, was, uh, it, it wasn't even a curtain call. They kicked the door down. They were making fun of Middle dominated. Tennessee on Big ESPN. So. 
It wasn't a good day for middle. Yeah, but in all seriousness, congratulations to JMU. Welcome First to the FBS family. Game. Welcome to First the family. Yes, win. Let's hopefully there's a lot more where that came from for them. All four, by the way, all four of the additions won this weekend, which is so, awesome. So well, keep no, going. No, 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 no. Well, hold on, hold on. Don't say it. Don't say it. Let him, let him go down the score. Sorry, I ruined it. No, you're good because I'm about to learn something here because there's a score out there that I don't know yet. Okay, gotcha. Coastal Carolina beat Army. Uh, moving on, uh, Southern Miss uh, ended up losing to Liberty in overtime, twenty nine twenty seven. But I'm curious because Damn the overtime. So Southern Miss scored three in OT, and Liberty scored five. They keep going for two. You go for two after. Oh, three. I yeah. forgot about that. So after yeah, the second Shit. overtime, you go for two. 29-27 was the final in that game. Oh, so, that's yeah, a heartbreaker, man. Three and one, not bad for the new members. Um, Arkansas State destroyed Grambling 58-3, to so uh, good on uh, Arkansas State. South Carolina pulled it off against Georgia State. Oh, your win for your, – your pick for the East, uh, by the way. Yeah, not great. Uh, 5-14, not competitive at all in that game. Well, it was and close then, in the third quarter. I think it was 20, 21-14, and then uh, there was a pick six or a fumble scoop and score or something like that. Anyway, yeah, yeah not great. Not great. And then uh, Texas beat UL Monroe 52-10. to Way to show up, so, Monrovians. Way to show up. So Texas is probably going to be ranked like number one next week. Because, you know, <laughs> Texas run, is uh, totally um, back. <laughs> and then, of course, Old Dominion uh, beat Virginia Tech last night 22-17. So that's it. Well, I mean, I think overall it's a it's a good showing for the Sun Belt. Yeah, we lost that game, you know, with freaking North Carolina, the University of Noncompliance. I understand we I understand the Sun Belt team loses there, but they App State won the game, and they didn't. And they did, and honestly, they didn't really play all that well in the first half. They didn't play well. They they came out absolute cannon, and then Mag Brown. And his staff, which Gene Chizik is on the staff, I didn't know that, but yeah, they made some yeah. they made some adjustments and they scored a ton of points to Jerry's point, thirty four in a row. Um, but damn, God, what a way to lose! That that is, kids wide open and he falls down. Oh, Southern Miss lost the game, but I'm still big on uh, Frank Gore Jr. He had 170 yards and two touchdowns. He's Sheesh. he's going to run nobody can tell me here, nobody so. can tell me that Southern Miss is not better than Troy. And I, I didn't watch the entire game. I watched enough of it. Nobody can tell me that it's, he's, they're not better than Troy. Um, Jamie, I think James Madison is going to make some some noise. ODU, I don't think they're good enough offensively, but their defense is a lot better than I expected it to be. Um, and holy shit. Virginia Tech, how do you rebound from that? Ooh, tough. That's a tough loss for Virginia Tech. The ACC didn't do so well this week. Not a great showing. All right, people in the space, if you have a last parting shot, please go ahead and request to speak now. And I have to remind you to smash that subscribe, like, and uh, all the other buttons that help us get searched. I, I forget. Uh, just help us get searched. If anybody doesn't have any comments, late, late night. <laughs> Look, man, I, I'm i just doing my job, you know. Uh, I, I'm... I'm Let's see about a full glass into this Chianti, and you can you all can make fun of me for drinking wine, but hey, it's it's a guaranteed no hangover drink, guarantee. I don't feel like shit tomorrow. No, serious. Now, no, look, you could drink an entire bottle in two hours. You feel like shit tomorrow? Yeah, hundred percent. But if you're a responsible drinker like myself, 
Okay. You're fine tomorrow. It's fine. Tomorrow's football gonna, too. <laughs> I've, I've had drinks with you before. I'm not going to comment on that. That was a bourbon night. Or was that a wine night? I think it was a combination of both. That guy tried to sell me some bootleg La Crema. Remember that? Oh, yeah. He tried I to do. charge me for the good stuff, and he gave me Monterey Valley. I'm also excited for the Southern Miss and UL game, Carson T. Thank you for your comments tonight. Oh, oh, oh. Joel Bio. Give me one second, sir. I'll approve your request to speak. The king of the stream team, Mr. Joel Bio. Take it away, sir. How's it going, everybody? Uh, I just wanted to chime in and uh, just uh, wanted to say, um, you know, with with everything uh, going on, man, I know we're all going through our little grinds uh, through the day, uh, and hopefully we're always just uh, keeping it going, man, watching each other's uh, back, and, uh, you know, just, uh, just wanted to chime in and say... Uh, Really like this stuff, man. Uh, keep it up. You know, uh, hard work is noticed. Uh, just make sure uh, you don't become complacent and uh, you just keep grinding. That's it, man. I understand what you're saying and we really appreciate it. We're going to continue to do this uh, because we love it and uh, we care about it. And we know that the university is bigger than all of us. It's bigger than Rage and Review. It's bigger than... Uh, it's, it's huge. It's a huge thing for for us, for the community, for alumni, for players, player parents, and people that might go to the university. So we're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep trying our best. And uh, guys, remember, we do this for you guys. So please, when you do get into the space and you do get on the live streams, please participate as much as possible. Uh, I know Joe's out there and he's got his stream team going and, and bringing the product to the masses. And that's that's about as high praise as you can get in the media business. Uh, but we're just happy that you guys come and, and participate. This has been one of the better ones. So I think after Eastern Michigan, we're going to have something here. But uh, all right, everybody. Good night. Appreciate you all joining. We'll see you next week. Jerry, Nick, anything last? Last, last parting shots? No, nope. I'm good, man. No, have a good night. It's a W. 14 in a row, guys. 14 in a row. Not everybody.